Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Coronavirus. Out here in the fields, I fight for my meals. A friend of mine, Mike Lindell, of my pillow. Boy, do you sell those pillows? God gave us grace on November 8, 2016. A nation had turned its back on God. And I encourage you to use this time at home to get back in the Word, read our Bibles, and spend time with our families. I personally can't help but feel these daily sessions are bad for the country when you got the My Pillow guy getting up there talking about reading the Bible. These PR stunts like Mr. Pillow coming out and, and giving a plug for his company. Wow. wow. The Pillow guy reading uh, the I'll Bible. Tell you what, this is just evil. This is evil. You are fake news. Very fake news. I can't believe that someone would have so much like hate in their heart. I agree. With that. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Gang free over here. Get your out of here. You are a terrific team on all counts. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christians, and I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Yo. Well, uh, another week of quarantine is behind us and another week of hysteria to recap. I hope you enjoyed your time because tomorrow is 9-11 meets Pearl Harbor. Tuesday is scheduled to be Gettysburg plus Custer's Last Stand, (laughs) I think, is the official announcement from Surgeon General Jerome Adams. So we'll go through it all. The state of the virus, uh, as usual, the state of the virus, the state of the economy, and the, uh, the state of the crackdowns, which are getting ever more absurd. Uh, and then uh, our friend Dave Cullen joins for an interview uh, interview segment to uh, discuss just how much we should trust everything we're being presented, if at all. So uh, we'll get to that uh, in maybe an hour's time or so, 45 minutes from now. I don't know. I'll timestamp it later once we know for sure. Later, um, you heard it in the intro there. It was fascinating this week to watch the good guys get uh, crucified, metaphorically speaking. Uh, My pillow guy, Mike Lindell converts his company to provide cotton masks but he makes the he has the audacity to say that maybe we should use our time to reconnect with our families and reconnect with god how dare he he has to be punished uh there's some other examples of this too people who are doing objectively good things to help other people but have the wrong worldview so we have to punish them uh we mention it every week in case you forgot the 2020 race still a thing bernie still has not quit either and uh, Alyssa Milano and some others face some flack for trying to pressure him to quit this week. And then I know this has got to be your favorite story of the week. I'm excited to discuss this one. But in the age where um, everything has been moved remotely and to video conferencing where possible, it, it makes sense that Zoom bombing would become the, the go-to hate crime uh, format 
for for quarantine time. Some of this was just hilarious. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get to the Zoom bombing. And then plus uh, what I believe is some actual hoax hate to close. And of course, we will take Super Chat on YouTube, Streamlabs, or DLive in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers, of course. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from our friendly listener-owned businesses, of course. This week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. So if you need a project for quarantine or maybe you need a place to spend all those Corona box once they actually hit your mailbox, your account, who knows. But if you're looking for that project... Uh, Sonoran Defense Technologies would be a great guys to talk to. They do Glock polymer laser stippling. They do custom Glock builds, uh, plenty of other firearms engraving, as well as general firearms and accessory sales. Sonoran Defense has several easy-to-order laser stippling packages, but they can also accommodate one-off custom designs. Upon request, their stipple packages provide superb grip and aesthetics. They made me a custom Glock last year, and I can tell you they feel as cool as they look. Uh, so whether you're, you're looking to buy a new one or maybe you just want to refresh one that's been sitting in your safe for a while, Sonoran can help you out. Just reach out for a quote via the contact form on their website, which of course is linked on my deals page. Uh, Sonoran Defense also offers laser-marked AR and AK magazines with many designs to choose from as well as secret designs that are not listed on their website that you can only find on their social media. So be sure to follow them on Instagram. That's at Sonoran Defense. They even do custom requests, put your own personalized images, text, or logos on mags for you. Sonoran offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products and services using promo code G's. That is promo code J-E-E-Z-G's, guys. Find everything you need from Sonoran, plus awesome offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Hero Soap Company, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals, for listeners, by listeners. Well, uh, a quick update. Well, actually, before we get into that, you mentioned there's a Caesar update. Oh, Do you okay. Do that? I know our audience is so generous. So as you guys know, because I talk about it all the time, I am pregnant. And I have an eight-year-old diaper-wearing chihuahua with some aggression issues. And he hates my husband. And he's definitely going to bite the baby. And if he bites the baby, I will euthanize him with a smile. I'm going to lose my mind if that happens. So my husband and I have been talking about it a lot. And we're looking to rehome him. Um, I need to be honest about what a piece of shit he is. But sometimes he's good. Like, he's sitting on my lap right now. And sometimes he's a good boy. And he's really cuddly and everything like that. But I can't have him biting the baby. I will lose my mind. What sort of geographic distance are you thinking here? Like, how, I will how... go anywhere to make this happen if he is going to a good home. Okay. So I, people I, should, I won't go out of the country, but you know. People should what? Email you if they're interested in becoming the proud new owner of Caesar, the one and only? Yeah. I mean, I'm really sad about it because I know I talk a lot of shit on Caesar, but like, I really do love him. He's, he's a good boy. He's cute too. You're going to get some Caesar. emails from Wuhan wet markets, I think. Are you a good boy? Very Show interested. You are. What, it, that is a uh, blonde. You wanted at the blonde in the belly of the beast email. Yeah. Don't email me and ask for blondes. <laughs> I, 
I'm not know, selling right? Caesar. Don't email me. So it's blonde in the belly of the beast. He's at not gmail. a senior dog. He's eight years old. He, he's got like 10 years left in him. I know he's going to live for a long time, and but he is a bit of a charity case. Um, so like if you've got a big heart and no children <laughs> and you want to take on another tiny dog or you know how to deal with these tiny dogs, um, please let me know. I'm desperate. I'm real desperate. Blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com. Oh, also, my sister-in-law is in labor right now, so everybody pray for her. It's, wow. It's a weird time. Crazy time, yeah. To be going into labor. Um, Yeah, so. Well, all the best to her and your family and to Caesar. We'll see how this works out. Someone could have a souvenir of the show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, quick update before we move into the big stories of the week, which, of course, is all coronavirus all the time because that's all there is anymore. But um, we discussed this potential Senate insider trading scandal, what, two weeks ago? I forget. Mm -hmm. We try to be as fair to the accused as possible, but more information is coming out, particularly with Kelly Loeffler, and she probably did some insider trading. Is that fair? I think I probably gave them a little too much leeway with their ability to predict markets. I suppose it's possible that she predicted a travel ban, but... So she bought this stock, some travel stock, on, I believe, March 6th. Um, and then she unloaded 46 grand of it on March 10th and March 11th. And on March 11th, President Trump announced he was restricting travel to and from Europe. So she unloaded like almost 50 grand of this stock the same day that she traveled with Trump to CDC's Atlanta headquarters. Mmm. Mm. That's a little more smoke than last time. And there was smoke last time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, of course, most of us, I think probably most of the country has been spending their quarantine time watching Tiger King. You finished the show, right? (laughs) Yeah. I finished the show this week. If you haven't, you're missing out. Um, But if you uh, if you haven't seen it, no spoilers. We all know that, uh, or if you have seen it, I should say, we all know, of course, that Carol killed her husband. That is the obvious conclusion of Tiger King. Uh, she might as well be Hillary Clinton's twin sister. In fact, they look similar to each other. And someone did a deep fake of Hillary's face on Carol. It was pretty convincing. But it, it's so obvious that even O.J. Simpson posted on his Twitter account this week to say, hey, yeah, uh, Carol definitely killed her husband, uh, in case you were curious about O.J.'s opinion. Listen. I've had so many people on my case asking me to watch some show called Tiger King. Well, yesterday I watched this show, and oh my God, is America in this bad a shape? I watched about six episodes of this show, and I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. White people! What's with you and wild animals? Leave them animals alone! (laughs) The show is crazy, but it's so crazy you kind of keep watching. One thing I will say, there's not a shred of doubt in my mind that that lady's husband is uh, Tiger Shushimi right now. I'm just saying. (laughs) Take care, and I hope you find something better to watch. Uh, Oh, that is brazen. Love the dig at white people in there. (laughs) White people, leave the animals alone. Black people, what's with you in killing people, OJ? I mean, I don't yeah, know really. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Let's not get into this, like, I don't, it's just, it's weird how he can get away with that and have it not be uh, totally controversial, but, you know, whatever. 
Uh, anyway, it was also circulating this week. Potentially, uh, worlds collided. It was circulating originally that that Joe Exotic had coronavirus. I was yes, posting I on heard t- that. Even though he was in isolation for a while. So. so it sounds like the the initial reporting said that he was that he had coronavirus and he was being isolated. Then that was walked back to say actually he was just put into isolation or quarantine because a lot of people at the facility in which he was in jail uh, had tested positive for coronavirus. So as of the, as of now, it sounds like Joe Exotic in quarantine may have coronavirus, not confirmed to have coronavirus. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I also I, I don't know. I, Oh, sorry, I'm Did fighting I, with the live chat. I'm so mad right now. About what? Because there's this guy, Matt G, in the live chat, and he's like, it's because you're a shitty dog owner. Okay, I got Caesar when he was like one or two. I had to neuter him, and he had aggression problems from the get-go. I don't know if anybody's ever been a Chihuahua owner, but they are untrainable dogs. So the issue I'm dealing with now is every time my husband comes into the room, Caesar will viciously attack him and he's been attacking me in my sleep. So like if I bump him while I sleep, he'll just ferociously attack me. Um, I'm a good dog owner. I've, oh, I've always had dogs my entire life, but he's, he's untrainable. So anybody that's interested in him, like should know that, that they're not going to get anything out of him. Rich. Thank you for Stop. that Caesar update. I feel, I feel compelled to defend myself because it's All not right. like I did something wrong with him. I adopted Fair a dog. Enough who was already a piece of shit and he's been a piece of shit his whole life. Fair enough. All right. It'll, it'll take a, it'll take a strong willed owner to manage. But what is with people? Like, would you keep a dog that bit your kid? Like he's no. definitely going to, he's bit my niece. No, I get where you're coming from. Uh, you know, I feel like the people that say that you should never get rid of a dog have, have no children. Proceed. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Rant over. Anyway, there's your Tiger King update. Uh, watch it if you have it. It's a great show. It is makes really me, good. Did makes me proud of this seasons? country. Yeah, or I watched all, all episodes of it. in like two days. Uh, two or three, yeah. Two or three settings. Can't remember. Yeah. Uh, real quick, th- this was another uh, fake news mistake, if you want to be charitable. But th- this reminded me of when, um, remember when, when ABC put up that footage of the Kentucky gun range and said it was Syria, like it was a Syrian war zone? Well, yeah, CBS got, did something. I got some white helmets vibe from this. Yeah, they did something similar where they did a news story about supposedly New York hospitals. The pr- trouble is they used footage from an Italy hospital from a Sky News story and uh, and just just edited in that footage as though it was a New York hospital. This is what it looked like. This is the main hospital in Bergamo in. That's uh, CBS on the top saying New York and Sky News on the bottom. Lombardy province. It's one of the most advanced hospitals in Europe. But it's the most hard hit of all the hospitals. Okay, so CBS is blaming an editing mistake. That's what it was. It was an editing mistake that led to to the inclusion. I did see them using this footage on Fox News while they were talking about New York. They didn't indicate that this was footage from New York, Hmm. but I felt like it was suggestive as of now it does not appear that cbs has corrected the story on air but they have said that they've taken immediate steps to remove that news piece from all their platforms again citing an editing mistake all right um moving into the uh, coronavirus stuff how bad is it out there we always like to gauge that with some of the crazier stories it's so bad corona has now stopped production <laughs> which i was very nervous about because i've moved to corona ever since this outbreak 
away from Coors Light into Corona. Well, it's not that bad, it turns out. So the Mexican government is shuttering non-essential business. That's why the production is being temporarily suspended. Um, And I I thought this meant I was going to have to hoard my Coronas, but the CEO of the company uh, that distributes Corona here in the U.S. says there is ample supply to meet consumer demand and does not expect shortages. So enjoy your Coronas as much as you want or not. Uh, it's so bad that San Francisco has San Francisco has now banned reusable bags. They already banned the plastic bags. Now the reusable bags are also banned because those are unsanitary. I've seen conflicting reports. Some people saying that plastic bags are now unbanned. So you wait. Okay, so you don't want to use any reusable bags. What if you're reusing plastic bags? I assume banned. But what? you need fresh one. I don't know. So if you're living in San Francisco and you can confirm to me what you're supposed to do to carry your groceries currently, I would like to know. Please uh, email me linked in the description. Uh, but it probably won't matter. Next week, groceries will be banned anyway. And I say that somewhat tongue in cheek about San Francisco, but listening to Dr. Burks uh, this weekend, uh, <laughs> some of the stories we're going to get into, I'm not actually thinking that's that insane of a statement to make. So we'll check in next Sunday. Maybe groceries will be banned by then. But as of this afternoon, actually as of this evening, these data have updated, uh, according to the Worldometer, in the U.S., we're looking at 9,600 coronavirus deaths out of some 300. Were you grinning when I was reporting that stat? Unrelated, but it just happened at a bad time. It's good for the people listening to the podcast. Don't ever watch the podcast, just listen to it. 336,500 some confirmed cases. Uh, this does continue to be highly localized. This uh, It's still the New York area and everybody yeah. else, basically. Um, right now, New York and New Jersey combined for more than half the deaths in the country. Wow. Uh, over 5,000 between them. Uh, the next closest is Michigan at 617 deaths concentrated in the Detroit area. Louisiana at 477 deaths concentrated in New Orleans. California remains well behind at 323 deaths, as does Washington State at 314. A bit of good news on Sunday is that New York has reported its first decline in daily coronavirus deaths. Um, uh, New York State today on Sunday reported 594 new deaths. That's down from 630 reported on Saturday. Uh, That is the first daily decline in deaths so far. And similarly, New Jersey is reporting a slowdown in the rate of increase. 71 deaths reported on Sunday compared with 200 reported on Saturday. Now, these are only a few days worth of data, so take it with a grain of salt. And uh, I say take it with a grain of salt, even if you consider these statistics to be reliable, which, quite frankly, I no longer do, at least fully, given some of the observable stretches to include deaths as coronavirus caused when they are clearly not like head trauma, Mm. head trauma, a baby with bowel blockage, all those sorts of things. Now those are anecdotal. So you might be able to say, well, that's, you're talking about five cases. Yeah, maybe so. Well, Uh, epidemiologists in uh, Italy have already admitted that if you test positive for COVID, irrespective of cause of death, they classify it as a COVID death. Yes. And that's the same practice in some states in the U.S. as well. Now, uh, anyway, um, I I, I say this because there's potentially some more data evidence, but I want to caution. I want to qualify this as much as possible. Um, A lot of you have emailed me this chart showing that according to CDC data, pneumonia deaths are way down in recent weeks, according to the CDC. 
Uh, and it, one of my many points of concern with this chart is that it's the pneumonia death chart. <laughs> so I, I, I had some skepticism because I thought, okay, who put this together? Because if you don't have attention to detail in spelling pneumonia, can I trust your attention to detail in presenting the data correctly? Now, you looked into this trend I line did. a lot today. I spent Just way too much time doing this today, and so I was really committed to showing this on the show. Um, the person that sent us this also sent us the raw CDC data, and I tried to replicate the chart to the best of my ability, but because of formatting issues, I was unable to do that. Um, but I did spot check, I don't know, 50 data points that were all correct. And then I spot, and then I checked all of the 2020 data points, which also were all correct. But we talked about this before the show. Um, if I understand it correctly, they do some end of the year revision. Yeah. So just to explain what we're looking at again, with us kind of being able to vet it for a little, us being able to spot vet it with the time we had today and finding it looks to be mostly accurate. But what what we're looking at is CDC data that show the trend line for pneumonia every year by week. So you see a pneumonia spike early to mid-January each and every year. That red line is the 2019-2020 season, this last mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And so uh, if this is accurate, again, what, what I've heard people saying is that CDC data in your most recent weeks can kind of be weird frequently, and they sort of adjust and correct as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So that could be a possibility. But if this holds and this is actually accurate, then what we're looking at is either a miraculous pneumonia season where pneumonia case pneumonia deaths have just fallen off a cliff or those deaths have still happened and they're being reclassified as something else. I, st I stress that I have not independently confirmed this. If you're interested in this, the data are linked in the, or I will link them in the description later. It's all CDC data. You can vet it for yourself. Yeah. So Which I would actually be great <laughs> because yes, I, I, I mean, really want to know if this is legitimate or not. This has come to my attention in like the last 36 hours. So I just haven't had time to look at it thoroughly for myself and I will do that. And if, if this is a total misrepresentation, I will circle back to this and correct the record. But I, I submit this as a potential yeah. additional clue for a lot of deaths being coded or attributed to coronavirus when they may in fact not be. Again, take it with a great assault, investigate for yourself. If this is wildly off base, we will certainly come back to it and correct the record. But as I mentioned, one thing is for sure, and that is that uh, this week is going to be 9-11 meets Pearl Harbor. This according to U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, who made the uh, news rounds this morning. This is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. This is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country. And I want America to understand that. I should take this guy seriously. All the reasons I can't are superficial. Uh, it's not okay. fair. But that's, that's just absurd hyperbole. I'm just at my wits end with dealing with this. I just I mean, the I statement that this will be the saddest day for most Americans in no way, shape or form. Will this be the saddest time for most Americans? Most Americans will be entirely unaffected. That doesn't mean that the deaths that happen don't matter. They do, of course. But this sort of apocalyptic warning is act is is totally insane. And to say it won't be localized, it, it will be highly localized. 
everything to this point is extremely localized. Los and and not even just like rural urban localized. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, they will not have the same spikes that New York and New Jersey do. Right. They've right. had the virus longer as far as we know. Yeah. It's it's just not going to happen. Rural America is not going to explode with coronavirus deaths. They don't have the population density. It's going to be highly localized. And and just if we counted fatalities like this for everything in the way that we're doing here and saying, well, it's just like 9-11. Well, every goddamn day is just like 9-11 if you count things this way. Uh, I think somebody told me the baseline death rate in, in America is 7,500 a day. It's probably about right. 1,700 Americans daily to cancer, 1,700 more to heart disease. I know those aren't infectious diseases, so it's not apples to apples comparison. But let's also remember that... Some 30,000 Americans have died from the flu just this year. I'm not saying it's just the flu, bro. What I am saying is that if you want to count cases in this way on a daily basis and then compare it to 9-11, well, every single year, there's a 10 times 9-11 from the flu, possibly more. It's uh, 7,700 deaths deaths every day. And then something we talked about uh, with Computing Forever, it's like people are rejecting death as a part of life in this. And nobody ever thinks about baseline death rates or risk assessment anymore. Um, you know, are we not going to be able to travel by car anymore because there's so many car accidents annually? Everything you do contains some a- amount of risk. And it's not, in, in fairness to um, Mr. Jerome Adams, it's not his job to be an economist or, or deal with any of the financial realities of this. But um, the reality is, is the coming weeks are going to be a lot less like 9-11 for most Americans and a lot more like the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. we discussed a record 3 million unemployment claims last week. We'll double it to over 6 million this week. And now know. we're talking about nearly 10 million in just the last two weeks. Unprecedented unemployment claims. Sometimes it's hard to put those numbers in perspective. Like same with when we're talking about the federal budget, it's a bajillion million gajillion dollars. And we have millions and millions of unemployment claims. So what does that actually mean? Someone put together this handy dandy chart of unemployment claims over time, dating back to the 1960s. Uh, It's a, it's a, it's a motion graphic that shows you how this develops so we can grasp the scale of the unemployment claims that were filed uh, in the last couple of weeks. So it starts off here, 1960s, moving along, 70s, 80s. You'll see a spike here for the Great Recession uh, once you get into 2010, around 2010. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and now here's today. Oh and just watch it climb. Still going, still going, still going. Still going. Still going, still going. The rest of the chart doesn't even have much uh, distinguish much distinguishing it at all. It's it's you can hardly even see the detail anymore at that point. That's what we're talking about. And in fairness, these figures are just raw claims. They're not adjusted for population, but it's not a per capita figure that explains how how insane this is. We we've never dealt with immediate unemployment on this scale before, and so. When we're talking about, oh, it's just as simple as shutting off the economy to save lives. This spike represents lives that are being ruined on a scale we've never done in this country before. I know. I wanted to mention this statistic. I forgot to drop it in the outline. Um, 
If the economy creators consider how much wealth will be destroyed, uh, this is a 2016 study by researchers at Imperial College London. They found that the global financial crisis caused 500,000 cancer deaths worldwide between 2008 and 2010. Mm. Um, they found a correlation between each percentage increase in unemployment and an uptick in cancer deaths, presumably because people are losing their health insurance and they're not going in for things that uh, could be treated. And then another study in 2014 by University of Oxford, researchers found 10,000 suicide tied to the Great Recession in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Um, and these th these numbers are are virtually impossible to quantify. But acting like there's go like economic consequences have no accompanying loss of life is so freaking retarded. I heard yeah. Cuomo say the other day, um, even if it doesn't matter how many trillions of dollars we should spend if it saves one person. I was like, that's. <laughs> That is boomer nonsense. That's so stupid. I can't even believe what I'm hearing here. Yeah. Well, the, the idea that this, this, this graph represents the saving of life, I just fundamentally reject. Yeah. Um, and, and it's complicated by the reality that relief for people suffering the effects of what is depicted on this chart may be uh, some time off. Comes out uh, information through a memo comes out this week. Some people might not get their Corona bucks until, oh, let me uh, open the article here. Some people might not get their Corona bucks until August. So the plan here is that if the IRS has your direct deposit information, you are scheduled to get your Corona bucks next week, starting Monday, uh, April 13th. But if the government doesn't have your banking information, paper checks start going out on May 4th, but the government can only process 5 million checks per week, meaning there will be Americans who don't receive their Corona bucks, excuse me, until August 17th, though it is possible that Congress and, Tr and the Trump administration figure out a way to accelerate this schedule, checks will be distributed in reverse order based on income, lower income served first. Of course, if you're over the $100,000 threshold, you're not going to get a check regardless. But let's say you're an honest person who works hard in a middle income job with a family to feed. Screw you. Hang on till August. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to socially distance in the unemployment line. And it might not be much better for your boss either. They're, of course, not just rolling out the checks to individuals, but they're rolling out this um, small business lending program, the, the paycheck protection component of this, where small businesses are eligible for loans to use for payroll. But the loans, they were they, the program is launched now. It happened on Friday. But this is all administered through the Small Business Administration. And if you want to get one of the loans, you actually deal with a private bank. So you're going to the ah. banks to apply for the loan. The banks get the money from the government, give it to you. But the program launched uh, with banks caught off guard by the quick deadline and program requirements that make the loans difficult to administer and process. And meanwhile, the demand for the loans is so high that banks aren't even sure they'll be able to process them efficiently. Um, quote, the response is overwhelming. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in my career, said Craig Street, the chief lending officer at United Midwest Savings Bank, a community bank in Columbus, Ohio. We're taking, um, or we're talking about attempting to do 10 times our normal monthly loan volume and maybe more than that. And keep in mind, these loans are not unlimited. They are statutorily limited to $350 billion. Now, Congress could write a new law, I guess. Holy smokes. But what that means is if you try to go to your bank, and get one of these loans, and it's too complicated or the volume's too high for them to accommodate you in a timely fashion, you're in a race against everybody else to try to claim this money. And if you don't do it fast enough, you might be in trouble. Again, remember to socially distance when you're in the unemployment line. The, <laughs> the, uh, 
the was airlines that a original that was good that's what i'm going with yeah that's my <laughs> tagline for the week did you see this story about the airlines yeah they're yeah. they're flying planes around the country basically empty why because the 50 billion dollar airline bailout says you must continue to serve the cities that you served march 1st why and why would you do that I don't know. I don't know why the government would simultaneously discourage people from flying, but also force the airlines to fly to all these cities for which there is no demand to get public money, $50 billion in bailouts. I'm not even, I'm, I don't like it on principle, of course, but I understand that maybe there's just a practical reality to helping these businesses survive. Certainly there's a better use for the money than just flying empty planes across the country. How is this, this clearly sensible? foreseeable? Do you know what else I heard today that I was like, oh, my God, idiots. I heard that they reduced the number of um, of lines of public transit in New York City because they were trying to reduce uh, COVID infections. But naturally, that just caused more people to congregate in the fewer numbers of trains that ran. Yeah. Yeah. And then that greatly exacerbated the problem. Yeah. It's like, how could you not have seen that, that, that that's clearly what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> morons it sounds like this it's it's like obviously you know so they're just flying planes that have like five people on them correct and we still have a huge segment of the society that says uh you know when government swoops in to solve a government created problem and it doesn't work out surely we didn't add enough government to the mix we're going to have to add more government to get this correct next time maybe last time saying that happened in london not new york city well what still retarded uh the subway thing the subway thing all right, before we get to uh, some of the examples of what I view as massive state overreach, uh, I want to talk briefly about state underreach. That is to say, um, I'm not saying states or localities that aren't taking it seriously, but maybe have a very naive view mm-hmm. about how to solve coronavirus problems or what to focus on in coronavirus problems. Remember um, in Baltimore a few weeks ago when the the mayor there asked the city's gangsters to stop killing each other because we need the beds for coronavirus. Well, the Houston mayor, the mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner, he, um, he also made a plea to his city's criminals. Please stop being crooks and criminals until coronavirus is over. Check this out. And let me just make my plea. Until the coronavirus is resolved, criminals take a break. Okay? Stay home. Okay? Stay home and don't commit any crimes. And that way, they'll stay safe and out of jail. And police officers will stay safe and can go home to their families, okay? So everybody chill. (laughs) Crooks, criminals, you chill. Wait till the coronavirus is over. (laughs) Wait till the coronavirus is over to do what? To resume crime? How about just stop being criminals forever? Why don't we just ask them? Uh, If you're wondering why, Gun sales are at a uh, monthly record. That's why. When you have state officials or city officials saying, hey, criminals, please just stop. It'd be great if you'd just stop. Yeah, uh, people who were reluctant before go out and they buy guns. Quick uh, statistics on that. Uh, In March, 2.5 million guns were sold at dealers. Uh, That is nearly double the 1.4 million sold in March 2019. Great. So silver lining. Uh, Your old neck of the woods. Seattle, the the police, uh, it's it's. Uh, I don't know if this is police chief, but Seattle police say don't forget about hate speech during this trying coronavirus time. If you see racist speech in Seattle, not just call the Seattle police. Dial nine one one for hate <laughs> speech. 
Washington State is no place for hate. In a show of solidarity between police and community, I'm joined today by Lori Matsukawa. Thank you, Chief. You know, hate crimes have no place in our community. We're better than that, Washington. We're all trying to deal with the COVID-19 public health crisis together. If you are a victim of a hate crime or hate-based harassment, please call 911. Exactly, Lori. <laughs> we will document and investigate every reported hate crime. Even racist name-calling should be reported to police. <laughs> we take this information very seriously. If you aren't sure if a hate crime occurred, call 911. Oh, we are here to my help God. and will respond to investigate. How many minority women does it take to screw up a city? Essential so speech much for only. Japanese number one, right? <laughs> that immediately dropped in the D rankings. D-ranked, yeah. <laughs> uh, Koreans God, number dude. one now. That's just oh so my absurd. God. Like they have real problems to deal with. Real problems. To uh, deal yeah, with. I mean, I, I, I didn't have time to talk about it, but I, I see there's been a burglary surge in New York City too. Whether it's actually the disease itself or some of the after effects, the, like this, the surge in criminal activity because the mayor's just telling criminals not to commit crimes. There are certainly better uses of, there are always better uses of police resources than racist name calling. But in a time like this, you would think that's especially true. Oh I, I want to talk about uh, the numerous cases of state overreach. Cause of course we've been, we've been monitoring the um, increased crackdown across states each and every week. And um, remember the premise is the whole time. Oh, these are just emergency measures. These are just temporary restrictions that will save lives. So you better get on board or you support killing grandma. Well, it's funny how each and every week, each, uh, each and every week, more states and localities try to one up the others in terms of just how ridiculously restrictive and authoritarian they can be. It's, it's as if we're watching some, some real time game show or something. And uh, April for the reason April 1st was hard this year. There weren't any good jokes out there. I really had to second guess every headline I saw. Yeah, really. Thinking like, is is this a joke Is <laughs> or is it real? This is not April Fool's, of course. And I want to be fair to Dr. Deborah Burks. This is not, in fact, a, a, a state crackdown yet. But she was speaking at uh, one of the coronavirus task force uh, briefings this We're weekend. We're clearly getting prepared this that she's preparing us mentally for not being able to leave our houses she's saying that perhaps grocery store and pharmacy trips are non-essential she says uh quote this is the moment to not be going to the grocery store not going to the pharmacy but doing everything you can to keep your family and your friends safe and that means everybody doing the six feet distancing washing your hands okay well i'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll see if anyone tries to implement this rule I don't what know you what you're supposed do to do. Um, yeah, I guess you should have prepared already. I don't know. Yeah. Um, get ready for, uh, of course, Democrats to launch another investigation of Trump. Adam Schiff on Wednesday says, once we've recovered, we're going to get a commission together to investigate Trump's response to coronavirus. So it will be great to have government investigate how government went wrong in solving the problem that government created. I look forward to this, and I'm sure it'll be totally fair and not partisan and ridiculous in nature. This story was uh, probably the most high profile of these this week. You got this pastor at a mega church in Florida, mm -hmm. in the Tampa area, and he was arrested for holding church services on Monday. Hillsborough County authorities arrested Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. 
He is the, uh, the, the mega church. He's the pastor there. It's Tampa Bay church of Riverview. He refused to stop holding mass gatherings and instead was encouraging people to come to his service. The sheriff's office warned him, uh, before making this arrest, but he did not comply. The warrant charges the pastor with unlawful assembly and violation of public safety rules, both of which are misdemeanors. Unreal. And, um, I want to be as precise as possible. I understand that they're not targeting religion or a particular viewpoint or perspective. Really? Cause just I don't see mosques closing. Fair counterpoint. I wonder if mosques are running in Florida. People might have confirmation of that, but, um, but, and, and I, I understand that this is in theory, a religion or perspective, neutral mass gathering prohibition that he refused to obey. But at the end of the day, we are still giving government the authority to snap its fingers and declare an assembly unlawful, a peaceable assembly unlawful, despite our First Amendment right to peaceable assembly. That is a terrible precedent. And if you think it's going to end with pandemic or this pandemic, uh, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. And uh, that's just one example this week in Kentucky a judge has ordered ankle monitors for, for coronavirus exposed people. In, uh, this is uh, in, in Kentucky, as I mentioned, Jefferson what Circuit Court judge. Just exposed people, not people that are testing positive for the virus? Correct. Angela what, what, Biesig would... has ordered ankle monitors for those who were exposed to coronavirus and won't stay home. So that, some of that language is I, maybe slightly misleading. She ordered a person, and that would be extrapolated. But she ordered one particular individual to wear a global positioning device for the next two weeks. This individual lives with lives with someone who tested positive for coronavirus, as well as someone who is a presumptive case, though this individual has not tested positive. This individual on, on um, the basis of that association or that exposure was previously ordered to self quarantine, but left home often the individual will now face criminal charges is if he or she leaves the house again. Wow, that's absurd. I mean, we're at this point, we can confirm that it's a highly infectious, low mortality virus, but we're so far past the point of being able to trace infections. I don't know how they could, they could possibly they just justify this. Lock you up. And, um, <laughs> Google we're all is Corona exposed people. Surely. Probably. Probably. Uh, Google is working with governments to track people's compliance with social distancing and stay at home orders. Google has launched a website tool that tracks mobility across geographic locations to help governments gauge compliance um, with these orders. Don't worry though. Google says it will only use anonymized information. Surely this Mm, is only going to be. You trust Google at this point. uh, You're probably retarded. And even if you do comply with the state orders and they're tracking you to make sure that you do, uh, if you live in New Jersey, the governor there says, please socially distance in your own home. If you don't need to be out, he says, then we need you to stay at home. Please, God, stay at home. And even when you are at home, keep your distance between yourself and other family members. Do they expect us not to have sex with our spouses? <laughs> you can't. It's are we going to have a, a, a celibacy rule here? They're going to enforce it. This is crazy. You can't kiss your own children. He suggested it. It's not enforced right now, so they yeah, won't bust you Yeah, but why do you out. think? Why do you think that they're suggesting we don't go to the grocery store, so that in two weeks, when they're like, "You can't go to the grocery store," we're ready? Well, this is what's interesting. We'll get to California in a minute. They said, "Yeah, we made suggestions before, and people didn't follow them, so now we're actually going and, and citing people. Now we're enforcing." 
Yeah, yesterday's suggestions become tomorrow's citations and, and tomorrow's arrests. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't, this was the one that was published on April 1st and I, I honestly thought it was a joke, but it's not. Um, we know that, of course, most states across the country, or at least a lot of them, have shut down so-called non-essential businesses. Mm. Vermont is actually now policing the specific items sold. So Vermont is ordering stores like Walmart, Costco, Target, and others to stop selling things like arts and crafts, beauty products, carpet and flooring, clothing, electronics, and more. But we're so bored. <laughs> what are we going to do without arts and crafts? I wish, oh man, I don't have the... I don't have the image handy. Um, there was an image circulating though. That's all right. I'll just describe. So there was an image circulating on Twitter that showed a Walmart in Vermont and it had just seeds like seeds to plant in your garden to grow vegetables. And a sign on them said the state of Vermont has ordered this, the, the, the that we have to stop selling non-essential items. You can't buy these go to walmart.com if you want them. And so everyone was wondering if that was a legit, uh, if that was actually legit or if someone had staged that was did the state of Vermont actually prevent people from buying seeds to grow their own food. One user called a, uh, a Twitter user named um, uh, Sophia Narwitz called a Walmart in Williston, Vermont to confirm the legitimacy. And it sounds legit. This Walmart, how may I help you? Hi, yes. Um, I know Walmart has to um, halt non-essential sales. I was wondering, does that extend to like, plants and seeds like vegetable seeds and stuff or can i still come in and get no, those you, no you can't buy any of that oh really no yeah okay that's weird Bye. that we can't grow our own veggies no i understand thank you for your time Bye. holy shit it's legit that's clearly essential well it's 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 in the opinion of a state bureaucrat so that's the only opinion that matters i couldn't believe this circulating this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, members of an anti-abortion group were arrested for peacefully protesting outside of an abortion clinic. The anti-abortion protesters maintained social distancing throughout their protest. The abortion clinic, of course, is allowed to operate as essential business. Check this out. That abortion clinic exceeds the number of 10. And we are an essential, federally recognized nonprofit charity that helps at-risk mothers and babies. We are within our rights to be here. We are practicing social distancing. We have cleaned our hands. We are offering help to these mothers. And if you're saying that we don't have the right to be here, then go in the abortion clinic and make the arrest there. Mr. Benham, I, I don't have the authority to go in the abortion but, clinic. So you're, you don't have the authority to go in the abortion clinic, but you have the authority to bully us and our sidewalk counselors. Yes, you are. And I appreciate you serving. I appreciate everything that you do for us. Yes, sir. But this is wrong, and you know it. You know that we're doing the right thing. You need to go to the park and make arrests. Okay, so who has their So the, the park he's referencing is a nearby place where people were gathering for recreation. Oh, well, they, that guy's a narc too, but... Well, he's, he, he's advocating for consistency and fairness. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what he's getting at. Um, that was uh, David Benham, who runs Cities for Life. No word on the charge that I've seen. Um, but this, to me, is even more troublesome than the pastor arrest. So as far as I can tell, he wasn't violating state orders. He, he's just on a walk, basically. Um, you can see in the footage that all the people who were there... Were, I don't think this particular image on screen is from that event, but it's it's one from a different one. But they were all spread apart. They were all social distancing. Um, and if the abortion clinic is essential business, simply standing out on the sidewalk, appropriately distanced from everyone else, voicing your opposition, 
and or counseling women seeking abortion. If the abortion is essential business, how is counseling against the abortion not essential business? I guess would be my question. I, I, and I don't see how you justify this one outside of just a crackdown on the First Amendment. The other one, there was in fact, with the pastor, there was in fact a mass gathering of people in close proximity. This it's is just irrelevant people- though. At this point in time, everybody has been exposed to the wealth of information out there. Uh, about coronavirus, people are greatly overestimating the risk of mortality. If they choose to take that risk, then I am fine with them congregating. They're operating with all the information. I'm fine with them doing their own risk assessment. You know, at some point, we're going to have to be like, no more. What if they keep pushing the apex out and then suddenly we're quarantined until next winter? Yeah. Like we said, yesterday's suggestions become tomorrow's citations and arrest. The San Diego County Sheriff is outright bragging about this, cracking down on people in Encinitas for so-called non-essential travel or just being non-essentially near the beach in, uh, in San Diego County. Over the past couple weeks, our deputies have gone out on foot so and provided physical copies of the public health order as well as the executive order to educate our community members and businesses. And now we've gotten to the point that we've had to escalate and now we're doing enforcement. A large group of our deputies and detectives did go out and conduct enforcement for those who are violating the order. These were not recommendations that came down. These were actual orders that our deputies have gotten to the point now to where we will we will enforce and we're gonna continue to be doing enforcement. And it's it's not that we're trying to be mean or, or exert unnecessary authority. It's we're dealing with the crisis at this point. And we want compliance from everybody because this is lives that we're trying to save. The quicker we can shut down this, this spread and this pandemic, the quicker that we can all get back to a normal life. I- really? Hmm. Because what if we adopt some of these values culturally? Then we're screwed. Yeah. The idea that we're just that the government authorities are going to give a green light and none of this stuff's going to linger and all the damage is going to be immediately repaired. No, no, it is not. Uh, in Malibu, police arrested a paddleboarder for refusing to leave the water. This is what this looked. Uh, this is what that looked like. <laughs> he cut him off. Yep, this paddleboarder was arrested after refusing to get out of the water in Malibu. CBS 2's Amy Johnson asked more on the showdown near the sand. It's a stand-up paddle pursuit. A paddle border is chased down by law enforcement for being out on the water at Malibu Beach. Oh, he, he faked him out. Now he's going back out to sea. Sheriff boat. The incident caught on camera as the paddle border was taken into custody for disobeying a lifeguard and a surfer was cited. Personally, I choose not to live in fear. I know it's a, it's a dangerous virus. People tend to panic, but I think if you do it what you enjoy doing, stay relatively far away from people that you're social distancing. I think being in the water and doing what you enjoy doing shouldn't be a crime. Wow, what well, an irresponsible young man. Uh, Hippie dude has a point. I don't know if he was the surfer who was cited or not. The story wasn't really clear. But this meme, this meme isn't even a joke. This is actually what happened. You've got police saying, excuse me, sir, you're not properly socially distancing way out here in the water all by yourself. There, it's much better to have you mashed together between two people. We're going to toss you in jail with hundreds of other people in close proximity to protect you and others from the virus. That's what we're watching. Yeah. This is supposedly to make the public safe or make that kid safe. 
a lot of the people, the other argument I hear people making, because it's happening a lot here where people want to go recreate in the mountains or do whatever they want to go hiking. They want to go camping. They want to go skiing, whatever the, the, the Karens we'll get to in a moment. They're saying, oh, you can't do that. That's irresponsible because what if you break your leg? What if you recreate and you break your leg, then you're consuming healthcare resources. Well, can I just, can I say, uh, if I break my leg, I volunteer not to have health. I'll just, I'll splint it myself. Can I no, assume that risk? No, is that, that allowed? That, this is so dumb. What about all the people that are getting healthcare that they shouldn't because they have symptoms of COVID uh, that are totally unrelated Sure. and they're overwhelming the healthcare system because the media has made everybody freak the fuck out about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that sort of this is the ex exactly the sort of thing that the L.A. mayor, mayor uh, Eric Garcetti wants and is bragging about. So he's talking about how much he's cracked down on non-essential businesses not complying and defying orders in L.A. <laughs> and he says he's soliciting snitches. He says snitches get rewards. If you've observed recurring violations of the safer at home order, please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation you know the old expression about snitches well in this case snitches get rewards oh. we want to thank you for <laughs> turning folks in and making sure we are all safe and what a even... pussy what a huge pussy and i also i keep seeing these sign language folk in like every news briefing oh, no. how many deaf people deaf people are watching this online why can't they just turn on the captions yeah like this Death is such people. virtue signaling nonsense. Um, I'm going to hire some, know. one of those for our show. It's I can't, just, I wonder what so the gestures would be. They'd be hilarious. What a weak, um, obsequious man. Just and, gross. And, uh, hilariously enough, you go to the reporting website for LA to report your neighbors, to snitch on them and claim your reward. There's no mention of a reward. There's, there's no way to claim a reward. He, he discusses this and then doesn't even explain. <laughs> he just, he wants to encourage a whole bunch of Karen types to become his voluntary, yeah. his volunteer enforcement force. I couldn't find the context for this, but this clip was circulating on Twitter this week. It's a TikTok video of some local woman freaking out on a pair of young boys supposedly breaking quarantine. Your ass yeah. is grass. Right. Do you understand? Right. And if I'm you, done with this shit. So be looking out for those cops. All right, I will. I'll be neighbor. looking out for those cops. sheltered in place. Go ahead, put me on social media. You're a little pup. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, I called the cops. I can't wait. Okay. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> oh my god, was he just driving in a car with his with his buddy? I think so. I don't know the full context to be fair, but that that that's all I have. It looks find... like all he was doing. Yeah. Um and I Ugh. just the bottom line question I want to ask about all of this in a broad sense, I'm not even saying specifically in New York or heavily uh, places where this is a, a serious problem, just broad sense across the country. Does anybody honestly believe that this sort of stuff is making us any safer? I'll give you an example. I'm talking For like middle. Sure. Of course they think it's making them safer. I can't believe, like, I'll give you an example. And yes, it is skewed toward middle America, rural America, because that's where I live. But I'm not telling you in New York how to live your life. A lot of the uh, opposite is true. Although I blame my governor for the crap that's going on here mostly because he's the one who puts it in place. But anyway, yeah. my state of Montana, we have these stay in place orders. We've closed our non-essential businesses. We have a couple hundred confirmed cases and like five or six deaths. That's okay. That's not an emergency by any measure. And every time the governor comes out and announces some stricter policy, everyone on Facebook is praising him for preventing an emergency. 
To which I ask them, okay, well, why is there not an emergency in North Dakota, South Dakota, or Wyoming, our neighboring states, where they don't have a stay-in-place order and things are not drastically worse? And they can never answer that question. I'm supposed to believe that these orders are preventing an emergency for how many weeks on end? And just even thinking logically about it. All right, so we don't go to the bar. We don't go to the restaurant. We don't go to the gym. I get the theory of social distancing. And I'm not even saying don't practice it just as a general rule. But really think about this. We're all still going to the grocery store. And that means we're not going to the restaurant. We're not going to the bar. More of us are going to the grocery store at a higher frequency. And we're all just congregating in this one more compact space. Is that actually drastically safer? Is that the reason why Montana hasn't exploded with a coronavirus outbreak? I just No, everybody's still using the same keypad. They're still breathing the same air. Um, not that I think we should go you know, further with social distancing, but, uh, this cannot possibly help. And I I just, I'm not saying that it's no help whatsoever. I know obviously a problem in New York city is population density, but I don't buy that. Like California is saying, Oh, we're not affected as much because we were on it. We, we banned all this stuff really quick. We, we had stay at home order fast. They just stay at home order like two days before New York. I'm it's supposed probably to believe just because of the amount of space they have. Almost assuredly uh, th- that California picked the exact correct day to start enforced social mm-hmm. distancing. And that's why California is way better off or Seattle. Uh, and time spent outside. Uh, I've heard vitamin D helps. And then so much of the recreation goes on outdoors. When I bet, I bet my life that it is less infectious in an outdoor setting than it is inside. Could be. And the other thing I want to say before we're done here is it just goes to show they cannot help themselves. They cannot stop themselves. The more we say, oh, it's just an emergency power. It's going to go back to normal. Oh, just let them do this for a little while. Every single day, every single week, they come out with more restrictive bullshit. They just keep adding on. Nobody says, oh, that's good enough. That's enough restriction. That's enough curtailing of fundamental freedom. That that'll that'll do for a few weeks time. No, they all they have to one up each other because it's a damn game show. This anyway. is so crazy. Can you believe this is happening? I wake up every day and I'm like, what? What is this world that we slipped I, into? I, just I, yeah, so I quickly. can't. If you would have told me all this nonsense a month ago, I, I would have been floored. I never saw this coming. No. Uh, um, no, no. I, we got to get to the Dave Cullen interview. You think we can get a few super chats? Before we do that, yeah, sure. I'm going to open up the uh, the treasure chest for our DLive friends. Um, over on uh, DLive really quick, uh, any tips for a first-time rifle buyer? Um, I would go, go to your local shop and see what they see what they got on, on sale. If you get a reputable, reputable manufacturer with a good warranty, you should be fine. Um, so, so just, uh, just visit your shop. They're an essential business or better yet. If you've got, um, if you've got a range that lets you rent them, maybe you can pick out, uh, I assume you're talking about AR 15s, but maybe you can pick out like what sort of furniture you'd like to have on it and those sorts of things. Try before you buy where possible. That's what I always recommend. Yep. Um, when 1985 says small dogs are more inbred than ISIS, both peaceful. I'm not sure the reference is, is, is uh, Caesar inbred more inbred than ISIS. Read it again. Small dogs are more inbred than ISIS, and they're both peaceful, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, 
Pakistan has a 30% like cousin marriage rate. I remember like Gavin that. talking about that on Joe Rogan's show. Um, for sure, Caesar is inbred. I don't know where he came from because I adopted him, but he surely came from some kind of backwoods puppy mill. Just worst breeding ever. Yeah. Crypto Crook says, I'd like to thank you for the 12th time for all the work you do. Really appreciate it. Have some shekels. Well, thank you. Um, if you want to do just a handful of super chat, we'll take a handful oh, of Oh, Karen Strawn is in our chat. Karen, long time no talk. Are you ever going to come on the show? I'm just going to continue social pressuring you, socially pressuring you to come on the show. Real um, quick uh, over on Streamlabs, Philip says, uh, your Bernie sounder is kind of pricey. How much for a Roseanne? Uh, I guess we haven't set the prices yet. You're right. I'll True. have to think about that. Cameron says, it's too bad all my tools are in transit during this time of martial law. I mean, stay-at-home order. As I would be working on some new projects, guess I have to work on dry firing. Have you heard of Mantis? The Mantis shooting aid ordered one the other day. I have not. I have one of those um, iTarget Pros that is sort of like a laser kind of uh, target shooting system. I got one for Christmas. That's kind of cool. But that's the only like dry fire mechanism thing I have. I'll have to check it out and good luck. <laughs> Karen Strong said, I'd like to see the manager. That's true. Karen is a non Karen. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah, I Karen. Maybe we should Karen, stop saying it and just start calling them Susan's. Susan is a great one, but did you see them on Twitter? They're now saying Karen is a slur. Really? Karen is a slur. Cause it's used to malign other people. Well, Becky's their, been a racial slur since the beginning of the yeah. feminine authoritarian ways. Um, <laughs> sorry, I keep looking at my phone. I'm getting updates about my sister-in-law. So, uh, wow. Nona Dillon, a shout out to my daughter, Aurora, who we, we talk to sometimes she's number five of my 11 children and mother of six of my 20 plus grandkids. We live on wow. opposite coast. I didn't know she was a fan until blonde read her super chats last week. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very awesome. cool. I like to hear that. I know we had, uh, there was some case in the past where someone recognized someone from one of the meetups and didn't realize that their friend was a fan too, or like really? a cousin or something. Yeah. We've had a few cases of that. Wow, that's, that's really crazy. awesome to hear. Whoa. That makes mm. me feel famous. <laughs> okay. Mm. It's going to my head. Uh, Derek Finley, thank you for finally coming around to three hour shows. We can now start to work up to four. <laughs> I can't, man. I can't do it. Also, how about that cruise ship that took out the Venezuelan naval ship? Talk about a power stance. Should I know about this? I looked into it just a little bit. Venezuela, a Venezuela military ship or some ship of the Venezuelan government saw a cruise ship in the in its vicinity and rammed it. Tried <laughs> really? to take that thing out. But I think the Venezuelan ship actually damaged itself more, if I understand correctly. Uh, JV dude entering week four of working from home and I haven't resorted, uh, to drinking during working hours yet. Mm. See how that lasts. Seriously though. I'm pulling for everyone who doesn't have that luxury. Um, I love working from home transitioning to podcast work from a nine to five was like, it, it made me so happy, but I know a lot of people that don't like it. You really have to be good at self-motivation and discipline. When I was working from home before all this, yeah. Yeah. You have to, uh, for me, it was like setting schedules. I'm going to do yeah. this by this time that I found to be pretty helpful. Um, Elijah workout. Um, I don't have anything else to spend my money on these days, but here's to hoping you do. Thank you guys. You guys have been so generous during this. I Appreciate figured this, Th all this money would go show. to Boogaloo fund. Travis and it, it probably should. It probably should. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, remember when the U.S. used a national crisis to suspend the rights of 120,000 people of Japanese descent, most of whom were citizens? Mm. It was cool, though, because it was a crisis and was only temporary, right? Yeah. Uh, although that chick from Seattle, 
she needed to be interned. <laughs> it could have worked out better. It could have worked out better. <laughs> uh, Jacob says, Dave Cullen is the greatest based potato. I assume that's an Irish slur. That's <laughs> yeah. racist. Yeah. Uh, Metal Man. Remember, the people giving us the death toll for chickenpox are the same people who count a veteran committing suicide in an abandoned school parking lot as school shooting. Yeah. That's true. And you have a video from way back in the day about that, don't you? I re well, I remember they were doing that back around the Parkland time. They were giving that stat of like America has a mass shooting per day or multiple mass shootings per day. And yeah, they're counting things. One of them was like an accidental discharge at a police academy. Right. And then there was another on. one where a kid had an accidental discharge because he brought a gun to school. It was in his locker. Yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, just totally questionable. There were suicides on the list, too. Gang violence on the vicinity. of Yeah, gang violence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Richard Enormous, did you guys see Tim Pool's story about a Venezuelan Navy ship losing a fight against a cruise ship? Amazing comedy see. video. <laughs> I didn't see he did a video. I haven't seen any video on it at all, so I'll have to check it out. I just saw the story briefly. Um... Let's Man take like one or seven. two more and, and move into the interview. Cheers and good health. And Laurel, a friend of the show, says, are you gardening? Even if you only have a tiny backyard or an apartment balcony, grow what you can. Shortages are coming. Yeah. Grow broccoli sprouts in your kitchen if it's all you can do. Garden now. I'm with you. I have a little garden that I'm afraid to use because of toxoplasmosis. And so hmm. pregnant women are not supposed to garden. Did you know that? I, they're not supposed to do anything. It's crazy what yeah. you cannot do. Um, okay, we'll circle back. Thank you, Laurel. That's good advice. Yeah, we were thinking about building a garden back uh, in our backyard in the spring before all this. Just, oh, really? you know, it's a good thing to have. So uh, hopefully we will do that. Anyway, all right, uh, we will delay no longer. We'll get into our interview with uh, with our friend Dave Cullen. Of course, we're talking, what else? Coronavirus and, and mostly what we should believe. It's about a 20-minute interview. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, Dave Cullen, computingforever.com. Dave, thanks for making time for us. Very much appreciated. Thanks very much for having me. Um, good video, both you guys, this week. I'm glad to see some skepticism is arising out of the dissident right, and you have been on it for like a few weeks, um, Dave. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that because your first series of videos we're pretty in line with what I was seeing from the rest of the right. Uh, and I had already developed some skepticism by this point. So I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, even though I was totally freaked out. Skag the whole time was like, this is not a huge deal. Um, yeah. But then I watched your video with Rock and Mystery. And it was like taking a volume. I was like, this is, I'm, I feel so calm. I feel so much better about all of this. And it was just nice to hear uh, some of these opinions validated because just things did not seem right from the get-go. So if you could talk a little bit about your genesis between like, we need to shut everything down and um, developing some healthy skepticism about the COVID issue. Yeah, um, I think that's the, that, that was a tricky one, wasn't it? Because the dissident right and nationalists in general latched onto it for obvious reasons, right? Because yeah. it's like, this is a stick to beat globalism with and open borders and everything else. And then so... I ran with that as well, I suppose, to a certain extent. It was like, ha, huh, you know, they haven't been keeping us safe from this. Yeah. And and I, I was like, yeah, yeah. My initial conversation with uh, my friend John Waters, and I was like, yeah, we need to shut everything down. Uh, they should close the pubs, close the public spaces, everything else. But I didn't anticipate 
what would come next, uh, which we can get into the data and how that wasn't adding up and how I started to go, okay, on, this doesn't make sense and this, and we're not being told everything. But when they started to say it's a lockdown and you can't go beyond two kilometers, you know, that, that, when that was starting to be put on the table, and this again was before uh, I made the more recent videos, then I thought, hold on a second, we can see what they're doing in the UK and what they've done with Italy. And then I started seeing the, can we see your papers, please, in France, and then the drones, and then Derbyshire drones flying above going non-essential, non-essential. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I may have, I may have kind of missed the mark on this one. And, and then, of course, we can get into the, where the gaps in the data uh, lie, I suppose. But yeah, and there's a lot of lying, it seems, going on there, but yeah. That's kind of how it went. And it happened very quickly, like literally one video. And then the next video I made, it was like, people just sent me a bunch of content and look at this and look at that. And here's some more data. I was like very quickly convinced over the course of like five or six hours. That's, that's how it happened with me too. I mean, uh, it was the Italy data that came out and then uh, the fatality rate on the princess cruise ship. And I was like, hmm, this isn't adding up. And then I started seeing... Um, uh, the, the, Italy, the Italy rate, the fatality rate surpassing China's, that was really big for me because I was like, well, China's obviously lying about their data, but there's just no way to explain this. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about, about Italy and their fatality rate uh, because you did an excellent video. I think it's still your most recent video. Uh, what is it called? This is a deep dive into coronavirus crisis. A deep dive into coronavirus. I watch it twice. It's, it's very, very good. Everybody should check it out. Um, we'll try to link it below. Uh, but why is Italy this special case? Everybody's acting like they're, they're the canary in the coal mine, like it's going to get that bad in the United States. Is their fatality rate even as high as they say it is? Um, and if it is, uh, why are, are they so unique? Yeah, Dr. Ewan Edis, if I can pronounce that name correctly, from Stanford has said, it described it as a kind of perfect storm of, of justifications for the, the basket case that Italy has become, in particular the North. And obviously, the first thing that people will talk about is the aged population. There is a dis there's quite a lot of smokers in Italy. Mm -hmm. the, there's a lot of air pollution because of their industrialization. Uh, but in addition to that, there's two other things. And one of them is that when the initial outbreak happened, they took in pretty much everybody and tested it. They tested as many people as they could. And obviously, that meant that when the acute patients started to come in later on, there was simply no room for them in a lot of the hospitals. Now, this has been proven to be obviously be the wrong uh, policy. In Ireland, for example, now we're only testing people who have certain symptoms, which is a far better way to go. I would, it just seems more logical. But the final thing is that we've seen from, from Dr. Walter Riccardi, uh, who is the, uh, he's a leading uh, science advisor to the health minister in Italy. And he said that what they do, how they code deaths is very generous in Italy. And we're seeing something similar in the United States now, potentially, um, which is that people who die, but have they then test for the coronavirus, that if they if they have it, that's considered a COVID nineteen death essentially. Right. And so what he said is that the death toll, specifically for coronavirus COVID nineteen, is probably closer to twelve percent. So we can't really trust the stats that we that we've been given. In fact, there was a little piece that I had and was out of I think it's oh, Louisiana. And it said that, and this is in the video, which is that it's a statewide policy that people who, it, basically that 
if a person tests positive for COVID-19 and died in their tally of deaths related to the coronavirus, which on Thursday, the other week, stood at 83 statewide, it's obviously more now, it is possible that individuals on the list died as a result of another condition that they had in addition to COVID-19. And so it's this bizarre situation. And we just, we don't know, like I'm seeing preliminary data coming out. I have to verify it uh, first before I run with it. But it's suggesting that cases of pneumonia and even the flu are declining. So, yeah, we got to look, look into that. We, we've had some listeners send us that too. And the, the <laughs> chart I've seen, I should do that before we go live tonight, looks to me like credible CDC data. I'll have to double check it. If, just, if just that to confirm is that yeah. I couldn't find that graph myself on okay. the CDC website. And so, you know, it's easy to fake these things or just yeah. the data. So, what I did was you can go through the data individually outside of the graph and you can put it together. And so I had a friend of a friend collate this and he came up with, okay, the only thing that was different about the graph was the color, okay? But okay. other than that, it was exactly the same. So I have had it at least, that looks that looks credible, at least on the pneumonia case. But as for influenza, I have to get that one done. So we, I mean, that that alone, and then you look at all of the really questionable deaths. I actually have a folder in my, Corona skepticism folder on my desktop, <laughs> and it says questionable deaths, right? And there's more and more of them happening all the time. We've had one in Illinois, and then we had another one in in CT recently. Um, so yeah, that, there was the child with the obstructed bowel, and that yeah. was down as as a. COVID Did you see the guy in Pennsylvania? That's my favorite. The guy. He was a 61 year old who suffered a a head injury from a fall. He died from head trauma and tests. Yeah. So at some point in his hospital state, tested positive for coronavirus. Deemed yeah, a I, coronavirus I, can't, I can't wait death. for something like, you know, the next time there's like a major Islamic terror attack or they say something like, yeah. a man has been stabbed in central London. He was later declared to have died of the coronavirus. They, they, <laughs> just, they just say contributing factor. Yeah, right. contributing factor or yeah. linked, like you're, you were referencing the governor in, in Connecticut. Linked to. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awfully ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I also take issue with this this term novel virus, which people are just throwing around like they're friggin virologists. It's really pissing me off. But I keep trying to remind people that uh, any virus that we are unfamiliar with, including most strains of flu that fall outside mm -hmm. of the, the vaccine are, in fact, novel vir viruses. And the coronavirus itself is not a novel virus. I think it was a your video where um, he's the, the one of the doctors said that 10 to 15% of upper res respiratory infections right now are already um, coronavirus or historically have been coronavirus related. Well, that's the other thing <laughs> is the, the testing to actually identify whether it's COVID-19 specifically is really difficult. Uh -huh. And we, we know that there's been problems with the testing kits, not just here in Ireland, but in Spain, in the Czech Republic, in, in Turkey as well. And God only knows where else. And I believe in the UK. So the, the efficacy of this is just, basically is a high failure rate. I think it's only something like 30% that they can actually, and, and even then you don't know. And so my point is in mm -hmm. all of this, it's not that I don't believe that COVID-19 exists. It's just that right. I, can't, I can't really say for sure based on the data how, how dangerous it is. And from, from what we've seen, it's mostly a danger to people who are already sick. They have multiple uh, health issues or they're extremely elderly. Right. In Italy, uh, the average age of death is 81. And most people, I think 50% or more, or more have two or more, more comorbidities. Mm. And actually, I just want to say something that isn't said very often, because there's this, 
straw man that's being thrown around, which is that if you say, look, I, I think these lockdowns are a complete government overreach, they're over the top, we've, we've gone, you know, we've gone way too far with this. And then they, they throw back this emotional argument and they'll say something like, oh, so you don't care about all these deaths, right? And, and so you just want to, you know, you want to have the right to go out and infect someone <laughs> somewhere and potentially get an elderly person killed, right? And it's like, you do realize that because we've never thought about this before and we've never really focused on mortality or mortality figures on a daily basis, right? Which is so peculiar because it's almost like death is no longer acceptable to us or something. Mm. It's like this. It's like, you do realize that's probably happened already. I mean, the three of us could very well at some point in our lives had a flu. Maybe we were symptomatic, maybe we weren't. We passed it on to someone who passed it on to someone else and so on and so forth, way down the chain, maybe to somebody on the other side of the country in a nursing home somewhere. And that killed an elderly person already. That's probably happened. This yeah. is not something that we ever think about. Um, it's like a, I don't know, butterfly effect or whatever we would like to call it, you know. And if we were to if we were to adopt the attitude, you're absolutely right about the novel virus thing. Uh, because it, people say, well, we don't know enough about this, right? In the same way as a new flu comes out every bloody year, we don't know enough. And therefore, it could be a big problem and it could mutate and then it could become the Spanish flu. And it's like, yes, it could. And the Spanish flu could come along <clears throat> tomorrow or it could come along next year. So shall we stay indoors forever? Right. When do you want to end this? Right. And then there's, of course, an associated loss of life with economic issues. Um, <clears throat> I talk all the time about how nobody's getting good prenatal care, which is really pissing me off. Um, and people are not going to go in for things like, uh, like, I don't know, a heart palpitation that might turn into a heart attack because they don't want to be exposed to the coronavirus. What if, um, what if, what if that happens? And those are going to be people that have a higher quality of life and on average more years left to live. So we're sacrificing people that uh, are potentially in better health, that are gonna be better economic contributors for a longer time. So we can eke out like six months or a year out of some friggin' 80 year olds. It's like, what are we doing? It's incredible to me. And <clears throat> I get a lot of pushback for this. Like I could not believe how, how mad people were when I said that we clearly should be taking age into account when we are delineating healthcare, which is a finite resource. And everybody's like, oh my God, you don't care about old people. Yes, I care about old people, but the nature of triage is that you see, you evaluate like average years of life that are probably left in the individual severity of the injury or the disease. Like these are just decisions that are going to have to be made when we overwhelm our healthcare system, which is not just happening from coronavirus, it's happening from people that are going in for uh, symptoms they otherwise wouldn't, and then people that are having uh, worse health issues for not going in earlier. So people act like the only reason our healthcare system in certain places, which I'm even skeptical of that, is being overwhelmed is, is because of the coronavirus, which is true, but it's not because of people contracting the coronavirus. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it does seem to be that. Like, I, I will say <clears throat> one thing that's not being factored into this is all the elderly people who are at home. Yeah. And, you know, when you're of that age, if you're in your 70s and 80s and you're retired and, and hopefully your spouse is still alive, um, the things that keep you going are seeing your children and grandkids, being able to go outside, have walks, yeah. simple things, being able to go for a coffee and, you know, or just being able to feed the ducks in the park whatever it yeah. is you know these things these little luxuries in life these little pleasures make life worth living the idea that now we have fallen prey to our fears of mortality is you know we've gone outside the door is is dangerous and it's going to be dangerous to some people more than others what we should have done in this instance is simply quarantine the elderly or mm -hmm. not by force but by 
and not by certainly not by coercion. I mean, the, the fact that it has to be forced should tell you everything you need to know about this being looking more and more day by day, like a paragraph. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think we're going to be able to get to it, but there is this excellent off guardian article that I also wanted to link in in the description for people that are developing some skepticism and want to read some alternative expert opinions. Uh, So we'll link that below, but um, the things that have been most alarming to me in this situation, of course, the forced quarantine uh, bricks coming out today, Burks, I don't know what her name is. Whatever. And saying that we shouldn't be grocery shopping or going to pharmacies. Um, it's not just the disruption to people's everyday lives. It's the economic implications. And now I'm getting, I am not an anti-vaxxer like at, by any means, but now that they're talking about mandatory vaccines and I'm reading some of the stuff about Bill Gates, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, I will he, die of COVID before I get this experimental government yeah. vaccine that can identify me like no freaking way. So, like, what do you see coming down the pipeline um, in it's the next? Really, I don't it's know, really three down to down to <laughs> how much they break the population, because we haven't even gotten into the issue of the breakdown in social solidarity uh, between people. The fact that uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday described it as like people's in such a selfish, uh, selfish, in uh, individualistic, narcissistic society. People are now they just have an excuse now to just you know, stay the hell away from each other and not even be nice, right. and, you know, run away from each other and walk on the street. And it's just, this is crazy. Like how quickly, just in the space of a few weeks, this is, this is gone. Our social cohesion is gone. And uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, Bill Gates was on, I think it was CBS this morning and he said, no mass gatherings until the vaccine comes in. It was like, who is this guy? He's not a politician. He's not even a doctor. Yeah. And yet he has a huge amount of influence with, all the power players who were involved in that event 201 from October, which was Johns Hopkins and with uh, CDC. And I don't think they were involved in it, but the other- uh, World Health Organization. World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. So all of these uh, these these crowds. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's the potential for the kind of Bill Gates fax and chip situation. That would be the end of freedom. That really would be as described the mark of the beast. And I'm like, I think we're getting closer and closer. I don't know how religious your audience is, but I think we're getting closer and closer to like the choice between absolute evil and absolute good. It's that, it's that simple. I think we really are there almost. Yeah, and I'm starting to become uh, increasingly concerned at the general public's uh, desire to just keep going with this. Like, I always talk about how I have this abusive relationship with the Daily Mail. I read it all the time, but I like to read the comments in the Daily Mail because I feel like for the most part, it's a pretty good representation of like your average sheep. So <clears throat> I was reading about Dr. Burks today and then what she was saying about grocery stores and pharmacies and like the top comment with like thousands of upvotes is like, absolutely. If you aren't prepared now for what's coming, then like you deserve what's coming to you and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, I'm just reading this. I'm like, at what everybody's so eager, so eager to let go of their individual freedoms and their rights just because they're scared and after the last four years seeing what the media and all of our governments have done to us it's it's very disappointing and disheartening to see people with such a lack of skepticism about this and so i always thought like if something like this happened if we were in some serious boogaloo situation that everybody would kind of come together against the government to fight it but because there's been so much fear instilled in us i'm like i don't even think we have that will anymore because everybody's so afraid of this virus. <clears throat> and so each guess, other. They're and afraid each of other. each other as well. Yeah. Which is the big thing. I mean, we we're, we can't congregate anymore. I mean, 
it, it is a good time to be a YouTuber. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> um, so yeah. I guess the real question here, and this is going to be controversial, but we, we will have to make a decision at some point uh, to break government regulation, to, to probably break some laws. Uh, and I'm just wondering what both of you think about, about when we should do that. Because if they keep pushing off this, Apex is in 11 days, Apex is in three months, self-quarantine until July. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this for five weeks and I'm losing my freaking mind. I'm going- Are you, are you locked down there? Uh, yeah, we have a shelter in place order, but I'm still like periodic. I still support some local businesses. I, I, get, I like drive through coffee sometimes, you know, but for the most part, I, I'm about- five weeks in. I have been taking some extra precautions because I'm pregnant. I think that if I weren't, I would just be going about my normal business at this point, even though everything's shut down. Um, so what is going to have to happen for us to be like, no more? For people to just open their businesses anyway and deal with the repercussions from the government, for people to just start congregating, to break quarantine, and to just try to live a normal life, irrespective of what the government is saying we should do. Matt, do you want to take that from first? <laughs> well, like, Passing you may, off the tough question. I'm, I'm going to check the menu interview. for yeah, yeah, no, I need another well, minute to see what I want. I would say yeah, there really? is an argument for civil disobedience when your rights are being violated. And like we're going to show on this, the show tonight, when people are being cited for simply walking around in California, yeah, I would consider that a citation worth taking for me personally. They're not doing that in my state yet, but... The trajectory of things is headed that way, so maybe we'll get there. But I think the other part of this is whether you're willing to stand up for it uh, on principle or not, necessity is going to become a factor very soon. Yeah. That is to say, if your business is forcibly shut down and you know your Corona bucks aren't arriving till August, as we are hearing might be the case for some people. Really? Um, yeah, depending. And then we, you know, what's going on with all the financial help is a little bit up in the air. At some point, people don't have a choice anymore. I have a family to provide for. I have bills to pay. I have people knocking on my door asking for their money, so I need to go earn mine. At some point, that just becomes a reality. So it's provide for your family or go to jail. I guess I'm going to try to provide for my family. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. in Ireland don't realize that there, there's been no... Like, you can't pass legislation in Ireland when our Senate is closed. And so the at the moment... Uh, on what the what the police can do here is they can stop vehicles driving around under the road traffic authority under acts under the road traffic authority. What? But, but you're safe in your vehicle even by their. They own still standards. there's checkpoints everywhere. I can't go beyond two kilometers oh, from my God. house. Now keep oh, in mind, and actually over seventies, they're not supposed to leave their house at all. Okay, so they're completely cocooned. So this is the thing. Uh, people need to be aware that in China, when you violate the social credit system and your score goes too low you aren't allowed to leave beyond like 10 kilometers. So we're, we actually have less freedom here than in under the wow. social credit system in China. But this is the thing, uh, the legislation can't be passed. And we have a sitting prime minister, Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, who was supposed to be replaced in February. We had an election and it's nothing's come of it. They couldn't form a government. So it's perfect for them to stay on. It's an illegitimate government. The law is not there to support what they've done. And in fact, what I've heard anecdotally from people is when they're stopped in the cars and they just politely ask, you know, the police ask, where are you going? What are you doing? You can just very politely, without any attitude, just say to the police officer, can you please cite the legislation that you're stopping me under? And then they go, oh, okay, now you're fine. And then you just keep going. Sure. 
<laughs> Good advice. So maybe not try it, but that's what I've heard a friend is doing, and he's yeah. getting away with it. All right. Well, we are uh, out of time, but uh, we appreciate you making time for us tonight. That's our guest, Dave Cullen, computingforever.com. Uh, is there anywhere else you'd like to send people who want to check out your uh, stuff? I, I guess at this point, BitChute is the only other thing. You'll find me both channels ah. are over there, so yeah. BitChute is the feature. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. Welcome back. Thanks again to Dave Cullen for making time for us. Computingforever.com for all things Dave Cullen. Did you see that the video? What about it? Um, something about the software we were using made Dave and I look like we were beat red. You, you guys were beat red. <laughs> we weren't. We filmed that today. I, I look normal now. That's just the video signal that I got from you guys. That's crazy. I, I've barely been outside. <laughs> Weeks. I don't know. I don't know we're gonna to have you. to we're gonna have to use different software next time. I don't control your video signal. <laughs> it's him too. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, uh, what do you think? Super chat break, or should we hop back into some more topics? Quick break. Um, let's do a few more super chats. Yeah. Uh, over on D Live, Yafo Bear says, "F these Bolsheviks. I won't comply." <laughs> Can't argue with the spirit. Uh, Thank Sans you. Wine. Oh, my sister-in-law just gave birth, and it's a girl. Wow! Congratulations. Yep. Sans wine. I'm quarantining away from my one, my lovely wife. I know she's watching. Just let her know I love her, and thanks for the shameful Reese's. Oh, <laughs> Katie May. Well, thanks for tuning in. How about some good news in the middle of all this craziness? My foster dog found her family and went off to her forever home today. Congratulations to Cola. I will miss you so very much. All right. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, BHC strict lockdowns will not stop COVID only delay it briefly isolating old people saves lives I spent the weekend making a video quarantines will not stop COVID-19 check it out if you are interested sure uh, I'd like I'd like to hear the case just send it to my email I'll give it a listen Mark G uh, blonde don't feel bad my aunt had three chihuahuas and had to rehouse them when she had kids I think one of them bit the toddlers. Yeah, I'm really struggling if, it sh if I should wait to see if he bites the baby, but he's already bit my niece, my toddler niece. So I don't know. I don't know what the best thing to do here is. Uh, Grandmaster B, thanks for all you do. You two knuckle bunnies. Check out the podcast, Weathering Coronavirus Updates and Hope to get a level-headed, unbiased report of our situation. Worth a listen and stay safe. Let's do two more. Yukon Don, someone across the ca the country will take Caesar. He'll immediately run away and show up back at your door in two months. <laughs> They'll make a movie Homeward about Bound it. style, yeah. So be careful what you say about him now. Um, I'm just at my my wits end here. Alexandria Hawk, is there a tax I can pay to stop the coronavirus, or does that only work for climate change? <laughs> you know the answer to that. Uh, Good we'll one. I back. like that. Uh, just a couple on Streamlabs, real quick. Uh, Sergeant Snow Ape says, remember apes, you can't fight the coming war. If you've got the sniffles, get your nutrition in order and gear up Snow Ape Uprising 2020. 
Indeed. Miles, Miles Kinslow says, uh, hey, guys, did you hear Tim Pool's brother, Chris Pool, YouTube reactor, started to go fund me to bring a lawsuit against him. Saw an interview with him, uh, Chris, uh, with uh, Tommy, with the Tommy C. It was really depressing. I hope this can be resolved. Any advice? I don't know anything about this uh, personally. I saw a video by our friend Neo Unrealist about this as well. There's It's some sort of intellectual property fight or, or some sort of fight about Subverse, the website that the two brothers I guess shared or, you know, I, I don't have any inside information and frankly, you know, it's none of my business. So, uh, yeah, I, Chris, Chris and Tim might be able to fill you in on that one. Uh, candy Mac says blonde, you look so good during your pregnancy. I'm glad you're ditching Caesar. No COVID talks tonight. I'm on information overload. I will say that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. Thanks for the safe space. Well, of course, um, Candy Mac is our is our resident respiratory therapist uh, listener who's usually giving us updates from uh, Florida, I believe. So all the best to you down there, and, and thank you for doing what you're doing to treat people who need it. Very much appreciated. Avoid the coronavirus, Q-U-R-A-N, a virus. Hello, Matt and Blonde. I've verified the CDC graphic. I emailed you the images and... Um, the code from the email address. Can you try to get David Wood of Acts 17 Apologics, Apologetics or Michael Jones of Inspiring Philosophy to interview? Uh, thanks. I don't know if I can guarantee interviews, but I'm happy to check out uh, videos or whatever content you have. Um, you might have been one of the people who emailed it uh, to us, uh, absolutely. And if you're one of the people that included the source link to the CDC data, I say thank you, especially for that. And I'll be, um, I'm a little bit behind in my inbox right now, but I will be replying to emails probably tomorrow. So thank you for that. And, and, um, and yeah, Dave was saying that, that they had looked at the data too, and it looks correct. So I would say the only point of caution that I'll still emphasize about that pneumonia graphic that's circulating is it's potential. There's a potential that those data could be updated or corrected later, but if that status quo doesn't change, that's really weird. It's the greatest pneumonia year of all time. What a miracle. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. I was mentioning at the top of the show about how, and David mentioned this in the interview, social cohesion. Like social cohesion yeah. is, is breaking down to the point that we're listening to heads of state or heads of city and Eric Garcetti turn us against each other to become snitches against each other like everybody out there i was watching my neighbor have a barbecue across the street earlier and joking like someone should bust them up but it feels like there's a lot of forces out there that are trying to get us to become enemies yeah instead of you would hope that in a in a panic or a a, a serious emergency however you want to characterize it uh, characterize it that we'd all kind of come together as on the same team that politics less of a concern to just making sure everybody's doing all right that would be the hope yeah but Again, this week, I'm shown multiple examples of people coming forward doing massively helpful things to help out a country in need. And because they don't have the right perspective on politics or religion or whatever else, they're just getting wrecked on Twitter and, you know, wherever else the woke scolds hang out. So specifically, uh, Mike Lindell, the Mike, the my pillow guy, fantastic pillows, by the way, we don't have a we don't have any promotional relationship here, but I do have a my pillow. Do you? It's a, yeah, we do. How is it? Yeah. Um, it's 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 good. Yeah, it's it's fine. And we loved his uh, his cameo in Unplanned. Did you know? Did you see the movie? I can't remember. Mm-mm. He's if you watch Unplanned, at the end of the movie they destroy the Planned Parenthood, and he's the guy with the wrecking ball. <laughs> it's like I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Destroy the Planned Parenthood. I don't know if he's portraying himself or what. 
but Mike Lindell has a cameo in Unplanned. Anyway, Mike Lindell is a great story. He, uh, as far as I understand, is a former drug addict. He, you know, he, he fixed himself. He built this fantastic company. He employs a ton of people. And he happens to have conservative Christian values. And that's fine. The reason he's in the news right now is because he was brought up to the podium by the, the president at one of these coronavirus press briefings because he's converted 75% of his production over to cotton masks to help out the cool. country. Yeah. Then... He said, Mr. President, I'd like to go a little off script. I'd like to talk about how it might be a good idea for people to reconnect with their families and God. This is what he said. Oh, no. I can't believe it. A friend of mine, Mike Lindell of MyPillow. Boy, do you sell those pillows? That's unbelievable what you do. MyPillow has designated some of its call center to help U.S. companies navigate the many issues that resulted from this pandemic. We've, de we've dedicated 75% of my manufacturing to produce cotton face masks. Um, up to in three days, I was up to 10,000 a day. By Friday, I want to be up to 50,000 a day. Um, I'm proud to manufacture our products in the United States, and I'm even more proud to be able to serve our nation in this great time of need. Now I wrote something off the cuff, if I can read this. Here we go. <laughs> God gave us grace on November 8, 2016, to change the course we were on. God had been taken out of our schools and lives. A nation had turned its back on God. And I encourage you to use this time at home to get to home to get back in the word, read our Bibles and spend time with our families. Oh, how dare he? That's really non-controversial. How dare this was greeted by some as a violation of the separation of church and state. I mean, first of all, that's not even a constitutional provision. But second of all, that's just a guy. It's a private actor talking about his opinion. Even if the president wants to talk about his opinion on religion, that's not a violation of the separation right. of church and state, whatever. So, of, of course, we have to overlook the fact that he's producing tens of thousands of masks for our country's need. And we have to focus on the fact that he used a state platform to talk about his opinion on God or whatever. You have Chris Hayes over on MSNBC who... Said, he was doing an interview with Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, and he says, I think that these press briefings are harmful. I think that they're, they're dangerous and bad when you've got the My Pillow guy up there talking about reading the Bible. I personally can't help but feel these daily sessions are, are bad for the country, uh, even dangerous from a public health perspective. It's obviously above my pay grade. I don't make the call that we take them or, or not, but it seems crazy to me that everyone's still taking them when you got the My Pillow guy uh, getting up there talking about reading the Bible. Then you had Jim Acosta on CNN, oh. and he says it was just a publicity stunt. He calls him Mr. Pillow. It was a publicity stunt to have Mr. Pillow up there promoting his company. I think these briefings could be, I think, better designed. Uh, the president could come out, say a few words in terms of what his administration is doing, not have uh, these, you know, uh, PR stunts like Mr. Pillow coming out and, and giving a plug for his company and that sort of thing. Okay. I... They act like there's no reason that he was up there when he's up there to discuss how he's converted the majority of his company to helping an urgent need yeah. for the country. Yeah, he offered an opinion, but th th his opinion is not the reason he's at the podium, dudes. What the hell are you guys doing? His company, as I understand, is profitable and healthy, by the way. He's not just, I mean, he's sacrificing the health of his company to, to meet this demand. Um, America hates, they really should have kept their mouth shut because he's got everything. It's like a rags to riches story yeah. and the drug recovery and then creating jobs in America. Like it really fires on all cylinders. They really should have kept their mouth shut about this.
So he goes, uh, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, he goes on uh, Fox Business with Lou Dobbs. And he's like, I, list, I used to try to give these people benefit of the doubt, but I actually believe they are evil. <laughs> wow. wow. The pillow guy reading uh, the I'll Bible. I'll tell you what, I heard, Joe, I heard Jim Acosta attack me too, and he was 10 feet from me in the Rose Garden. This is just evil, Lou. This is evil. I, I just, I can't, I'm appalled by the journalists that, uh, that I see there. I used to think, you know, is that, are they really that evil? Well, yes, they are. Yeah, uh, and it's not just uh, my pillow guy. We have several examples of this this week, uh, including so there's um, there's Samaritan's Purse, which, as I understand, is a, a Christian charity. It's under Franklin Graham, Evangelist Franklin Graham. But Samaritan's Purse built this field hospital in Central Park, which has sixty beds in it. So sixty beds to take care of potentially coronavirus patients. I don't know if they're actually if they have them there yet or not. But you've got a, a makeshift hospital in Central Park to meet the demand of uh, New York City hospitals that are being stretched. But that's a problem. That's a problem because good, uh, because uh, Samaritan's Purse opposes abortion and gay marriage on biblical grounds. And so protesters have complained to the mayor. And so Bill de Blasio has said, we're going to keep a we at the city. We're going to keep a close eye on the Christian fundamentalist group that's operating this field hospital in Central Park amid growing fears that New Yorkers could face discrimination and substandard oh, care no. from our, well guess what I'd rather have substandard care than none yeah, and right. by the way you're not going to get substandard care there if you go there as the most flaming gay or transgender person ever the worst you're going to get is a I'm praying for you now here's your medical care that's the worst yeah. you're going to get and I bet you'll be thankful for it if that's the only option you have I mean, my God, anecdotal information about Christians would have permeated their world experience by now. Um, I don't know about you, but like every Christian I interact with, I'm like, wow, you seem like a really solid, like really solid person. Absolutely. Uh, I say it all the time that if I could pick neighbors, yes, I would generally every. Yeah. I may not agree with like, I might not think they're the most fun or I may not agree with literally, but at the end of the day, I can count them, count on them to have good values and be looking out for Who other people as good neighbors. neighbors. Well, yeah, I, you, you can always go to the party if you want to, you don't have to bring the party to your, you know, in your house or next door. You want to be yeah. as far away from that as possible. You want the fun people to be two streets down. Yeah. You can go visit them anytime. Yeah. It, it happened to Robert Kraft, too. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, he oversaw, oversaw a shipment of 1.7 million N95 masks from China using the Patriots' private plane. Now, maybe you think, well, what are we doing with China? That's not, that's not the controversy here. It's actually that he likes Trump. Former ESPN host, now Atlantic writer Jamel Hill, says on Twitter, quote, this is where I remind people that Robert Kraft is friends with Donald Trump and gave to his campaign. It's incredible the Kraft family is doing this. But, of course, I hope they understand that their money helped empower their friend, in air quotes. Uh, so again, people doing very meaningful things to help a country in need get the resources that it needs. They're being shamed for having the incorrect opinions because the ideology is always the most important thing, even in an emergency. I I'm very disheartened to see this sort of stuff. It goes to show... Uh, I don't know that there is a national crisis that will get these people to, I don't know that there's anything they view as more important as ideological adherence. Yeah. doesn't matter. Building a hospital, not enough to clear that threshold. Getting masks, not enough to clear that threshold. Converting your entire profitable company to help the cause, not enough to clear that not threshold. Enough. Unbelievable, man.
but yeah, no, it's great. I know you guys aren't as charitable as Mike Lindell or as you know, Robert Kraft in this case, or, or the, the Franklin Graham's charity, but you tweeted the right thing. So good for you. You're really helpful in this time of need. You tweeted the right thing. Thank you for that. Uh, moving on to 2020 politics, which still are a thing, believe it or not. Bernie Sanders is still running. I remember the report no. weeks ago that was like Bernie Sanders is going to quit. And then it was revised and appears to be I was certain that he had just quit this week and I just hadn't heard about no, it. He's still year. in and he appeared remotely and responsibly on The View. And Whoopi Goldberg was like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Just quit. And he still says he's evaluating. He's not going to leave. You believe there is a path to victory. I want to know what that path is, because this feels a little bit like it did when you didn't come out when uh, Hillary Clinton was clearly well, the person folks were going for. So can you explain why you're still in the race yeah, well, and what this uh, path is that well, you I, see? I, I don't accept that characterization. How is the audio the point so bad? Is people okay. have a right why are you still in the race? People have a right. Last I heard, people in a democracy have a right to vote. Your I plan just is to said that we are assessing. Well, for the fourth time, you're assessing. We are assessing. Okay, all right. We are assessing. Uh, very good. Ooh, Guinan. <laughs> then Alyssa Milano tweeted this clip saying, "Thank you, Whoopi Goldberg. The moment is time. Uh, the moment. This moment in time is too important to take bullshit from our politicians. And boy, oh boy, did the Bernie Bros not take kindly to that one. I wish I had some tweets handy. I don't know if there are any uh, good death threats to browse here, but supposedly there are some pretty good ones. Um, Marianne Williamson chiming in. Bernie has nothing to apologize for, Alyssa. The bullshit here isn't coming from him. That's pretty spicy for her. But yeah, everyone going after Alyssa Milano for saying Bernie Sanders is spewing bullshit and needs to quit. So uh, she got the wrath and then she um, she came back and she doubled down responding to her critics saying, I am not your enemy. We are all fighting the most vulnerable. We are all fighting for the most vulnerable among us. I acknowledge that Bernie Sanders is an amazing public servant and we would be lucky to have him continue in any form of political office. I don't believe he can unite the country because his base is toxic. Man. So uh, still fighting Bernie. Oh. Meanwhile, you remember, of course, that uh, Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie Sanders like two weeks, uh, several weeks two or weeks several ago? months ago. It was a little while ago. It was probably February, somewhere in there. He was having a conversation with um, Barry Weiss. And uh, now Joe is back under fire for saying on Friday with Eric Weinstein that he'd vote for Trump over Biden because Biden is not capable of doing the job. I want a choice of an actual president that's viable. I don't have one. So right. then you're going to ask me, well, which which of the non-viable people do you like best? Well, this is the this is the real issue with the Democratic Party. They've essentially made us all morons. Yeah. With this Joe Biden thing. They really have. <laughs> they made imagine? us all morons. Who do we need? I mean, can, uh, I can't of, vote for that guy. I can't vote for him. I can't vote for him. I can't vote for Trump. There, I would, I'd rather vote for Trump than him. I, I don't think he could handle anything. I mean, you're relying entirely on his cabinet. Like, if you want to talk about a an individual leader that can communicate, he can't do that. Ugh. What? I don't know. I mean, it was a fine, fine. Okay, fine, Joe Rogan. I guess I I, I should give him credit for being intellectually authentic and not like lying to his to his base and i'm not particularly surprised but 
I mean, I have no idea what to make of Joe's politics ever. And I, I say that with admiration for somebody who is the biggest pioneer in our venue, the guy who yeah. made podcasting what it is. But I don't really know what Joe's principles are other than like, uh, don't don't tread on my weed, basically. Yeah, he seems uh, like a libertarian of sorts. How could a libertarian endorse uh, a, a basically a communist, though? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think a I'm lot of about. people get like a gut feeling about Bernie Sanders, and then they feel like he's kind of a different kind of politician that's more yeah. authentic. And so I think he's he going to do it right. Yeah, and then of course there's the social credit you get for for endorsing such yeah. an unconventional candidate, and that both those things probably appeal to Joe Rogan. And in fairness to Joe, I mean, Joe's personal views are not necessarily why people tune into his show anyway. They're looking for interesting conversation with people of varied perspectives, and he does that fantastically. So I'm not trying to rip Joe too much. It's the weed um, thing, though. I don't know if they talked about weed in that. I, I listened to that show a little bit. I didn't make it all the way through yet. But anyway, uh, Bernie is now under pressure to disavow Joe Rogan's endorsement because Joe Rogan said that he'd vote for Trump over Biden. I don't even get why they're mad, to be honest. I, obviously they want him to vote for Bernie, but right. I think Joe's coming from the perspective of Bernie's not going to be the nominee. He's obviously talking about the general election, not the primary right now. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah. the controversy in the statement? Do the Bernie bros actually want him to vote Biden? Is that, is, I, I don't get it. Why do they care? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even really know. And then he has mm. such a large um, audience too. Well, if you think, if you accept Joe's premise that Joe Biden can't speak well or coherently enough to no. be president of the United States, that's not true. Joe Biden has his own podcast now. It launched on Monday and it's called Here's the Deal. It's the Here's the Deal podcast with Joe Biden. Malarkey. Just in case, just in case. Yeah, I wish it would have been the No Malarkey show or um, Look Fat would have been a way better show name. <laughs> Listen, Jack. Um, underrated possibilities. Yeah. Let's take this outside with Joe okay, Biden or okay. push-up contest with Joe Biden. Maybe the chat has some better. Oh, options. what was the, the, the something face pony soldier? Oh, dog face pony soldier. Dog face show. Pony soldier. Yeah, That'd be great. I might actually listen. Here's uh, the deal. The silky leg hair podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first episode out on Monday, Biden interviews Ron Klain, who led the Obama administration's response to Ebola. Apparently on the show, he has a, on here's the deal. He has a chat with a national top expert on whatever the issue of the day is to provide a voice of clarity during uncertain times. I have not listened to a single second of this. Maybe I should check it out. I don't know. I, I'm guessing that in response to Joe Biden's difficulty with uh, the digital, uh, digital options for him in lieu of just campaigning traditionally because of coronavirus, my guess is his people would, would say, or did this because we can still produce content that we can edit that is not live. That that's my guess. That's probably why they're doing this. I don't know if there's a video component either. Can you actually watch the show or is it just Oof, audio? I, I don't hope know. Not. Um, All right. There's some good audio submissions. Uh, <laughs> okay, you know, the thing podcast. I, I like that one. I like yeah. that one too. Um, conversations with corn pop and okay. the kid sniffer. <laughs> that's Okay, we'll go with that. All, all better than here's the deal. I'm not a big fan of here's the deal, but we'll you know, see if the show... You know, the thing. I think that's you know. my favorite. <laughs> Welcome back to You Know the Thing. I'm your host, Joe Biden. I don't know if he could even put that sentence together at this point. All right. Uh, 
every, as I mentioned, everything is moving to some sort of digital format, some sort of um, way of producing or whatever is needed remotely. And so obviously, if you're in the business of hate crimes, uh, <laughs> business is down. You can't go out, stay at home order. You've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to jump on top of people where they are, which is in their Zoom meetings. Of course, everyone's using Zoom to do their teleconferencing, whether it's school or business. And apparently there are some gaps in Zoom security that allow people to Zoom bomb, to jump into these conferences and say or even draw terrible things. This was a story this week on CBS This Morning. Popular app Zoom says its numbers of users has ballooned from about 10 million to hundreds of millions. But the FBI is warning about reports of people intruding on calls with pornographic or hate images. Mom Michelle says her 14-year-old daughter was online in a class for her private modern Orthodox girls high school when some boys Zoom bombed it. First, the screens were completely black. And they were saying all these anti-Semitic things, cursing them out, saying you effing Jews, etc. Um, and then one boy suddenly stripped and was naked. She says her daughter was upset. She was very embarrassed by it. And she just said, I, I can't talk about it. Hackers and she said, are taking Oy advantage of the millions of new Zoom users. They don't know the privacy settings. They don't know how to secure it. And so suddenly they're vulnerable to... Monsters. Danelle Williams, who heads the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. It's not, not right. He had over 200 people in a Zoom conference meeting yesterday when someone hacked in and drew a picture of male <laughs> genitalia on the screen, then started making racist comments. And then the slurs, I mean, using the N word, I mean, in front of all of my attendees who are respected people in our community. Zoomers, okay. you guys are so bad. <laughs> uh, they keep referring to this as hacking. This no. is not hacking. This is just uh, Zoom doesn't have or didn't have a password, uh, have password protection by default. Thus, these things were open for anyone to join. Thus, people joined them and drew dicks. And, you know, the, 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 there were several episodes of like sharing pornographic images or I don't know if they can play videos or not. I don't even use Zoom. But it's not hacking. We got to be clear. Ha nobody, nobody's uh, systems were were intruded upon through like weird technical or or, or um, I don't know uh, otherwise inappropriate ways. It's just the thing was open and someone walked in. That's it. Oh geez. But the FBI, again, putting our police resources where they belong. The FBI is warning schools to be careful. The FBI has received multiple reports of conferences being disrupted by pornographic and or hate images and threatening language. This according to the FBI's Boston Bureau. So the FBI is monitoring your Zoom bombings. Be careful about that. And it looks like Zoom bombings may have been a one-week run because now the Zoom CEO says they're going to implement password protection by default. So if you want to keep Zoom bombing, you will in fact have to actually hack to get into these things. But, um, you know, I mean, I have to disavow on principle, but uh, I, I appreciate you know, I appreciate what I've seen is tr now here's the thing. The one caveat I'll say, you can't present pornographic images to minors. And it looks like some of that's been going on. Okay. You can't do that. But joining a real estate meeting with adults and drawing dicks. I mean, that's just trolling, man. That 
I, this is I, what happens when you lock up Gen Z and put them on house arrest for no reason. <laughs> and then they get super bored. And then, and then, you know, hilarity ensues. Unintended consequences. Yeah, that's, that's what we need to say. It's not you just want grandma to die when you talk about people who want endless quarantine. You just want minorities to have dicks drawn on their Zoom meetings. That's all you want. <laughs> what a terrible world. So okay. with that, that rabbi class, they were just drawing swastikas and, and dicks. Oh, no, some well, kid showed his dick. That's what she said. Somebody said uh, some sort of anti-Semitic slurs and actually stripped, which I have to disavow that because we're talking. her daughter's 14. It probably was a 15-year-old kid. Eh, even still. Come on, man. You can't do that. But draw a dick. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Just don't show your real one. I don't know. I really <laughs> right. needed this story this week. It was like. It was like the best thing that I read. <laughs> it, it was a good one, yeah. All right, real quick uh, hoax hate before we get here. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? As always, shout out to the Pink Panther copyright holder for going away forever. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. In El Paso, Texas, some assuredly real Nazi went on a swastika painting spree around a northeast neighborhood. The vandal, according to these photos, hit uh, cars, homes, signs, uh, mailboxes. No words that I can see, just swastikas, all of them at very precise right angles, but at least they were properly oriented. Uh, yes, El Paso is under a stay-at-home order, so this would be double crime. I'm surprised that the vandal was able to get away with this under stay-at-home order since everyone's home looking out their windows at this guy doing it, apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, somehow he... Somehow he got through and uh, and got it done. Now, what's weird about this story is that it, it it references the source of the photos that I just showed as a Facebook post by someone called Flight Nurse One on Facebook. That person's name is Mark Swafford, and a nurse in El Paso, as far as I gather. You click the link to see the post, and it's gone. The yeah. the photo. Fo- both of us tried to track down what this post said. Can't find it. I'd like to know. Couldn't find an archive. Now, we do have the photos. We know what the photos that were posted were. But I don't know what the guy who posted this said. And right now, El Paso police are looking for leads. They're uh, asking people who may have information to call them. Why? That was as of Thursday. I find it odd that after police started investigating, the poster, uh, the person who posted this decided that it was bad for him to have it up and deleted it. I don't know anything about this person. But uh, I have my suspicions that, um, well, I just don't I just don't know why. Why? Why did he decide it was a bad idea? Didn't see a GoFundMe for him. I did look. Mm. So. All right. Well, we'll call that a show. We got to catch up on our uh, Super Chats. Yeah, they were. uh, They they weren't the worst I've seen, although one on the there was one that was a little off. Like what's what's going on with the mailbox one? That's not right. It's got one arm that's going the wrong way. At least there aren't any practice Swatskas like the last Jose we looked at. I mean, this one on the house where he put the swastika arm right on the edge of the house, maybe he wanted to get it perfectly aligned. He's a very precise Nazi. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't know what's going on with the ones on these garage doors, too. Like, one of the tails is really long. But overall, not bad. They are identifiably swastikas, for sure. Not the worst I've seen. That's not the standard, though. (laughs) 
you know, put in some effort, people. All arms the same length. This 45 degree good. angle. Yeah, it, it, they always forget the 45 degree angle. That's the most commonly forgotten. It is the defining part. characteristic of the swastika. All right. Well, um, maybe you can teach them at Blonde's Fasci Academy in the future. That's true. Uh, wow. Is it before eight? Is this happening? Well, I, yeah. My target tonight, I was. I thought I'd be accomplished if we were finished in two and a half hours. So we're sitting yeah. pretty good. Okay. Uh, David Cooper, wow, would you look at that? The people who were on death's door died, then the daily deaths fell. How much longer will low-risk parts of America be subjected to New York totalitarianism? Exactly. That's uh, an interesting way to characterize it that I had not thought of. But yeah, uh, we'll ha- this week will be interesting. Uh, anything short of 9-11 Pearl Harbor will be an eyebrow raiser at this point. That's true. Um, we should all just listen to Lispy McGee and just be super <laughs> duper afraid. Uh, Jackie Ray Dowdy, the state of Victoria and Australia is considering using GPS trackers for people that fail to self-isolate. We have to resist against this. This is horseshit. I mean, governmental like, overreach that'll never end if we subject ourselves to it now to be to give it as much credit as possible. If you're diagnosed with an infectious disease and you repeatedly do not self quarantine. OK, I guess I can get that. But in the case of Kentucky and in a lot of these cases, it's just people we think have like you associated with a guy who has it. Yeah, that is not uh, a standard I think anyone should accept. Not today, says Carl is so brown and gay, he makes LeVar Burton look like John Wayne. Carl. <laughs> uh, I don't, which, now I don't even, we probably lost the reference. I know. Who, who did we? Super chat. Who's super brown and gay? Is that the Surgeon General's name? What's his name? Oh, it might be him. Well, that's Jerome Adams. Oh, Jerome, you say. Yeah. Okay. Have we talked about anybody else that's brown and gay? OJ? he's not very gay no he likes that those white chicks what is he talking about white people he's like a long history of banging white women yeah there's that i didn't even think of that angle he has a point though i mean they've got their dog fighting problems but this weird cat thing it's all white people tiger king is america i (laughs) when uh when when joe exotic runs for office that's like the best part of the show I i freaking loved that that was the best yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And I knew the story, too. Carol Baskin is still the worst person. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the show, people were saying, by the end, you're not going to be Team Joe anymore because he does some really shitty stuff. And by the end, I was like, I mean, I can't defend everything, but I'm not Team Carol. And I'm the not animal team- abuse and then like the banging these straight guys that are addicted to meth, like feeding their drug habits so that yeah. he can... You can have sex with these young straight men. It was, it's just pure white trash. Like it was the pure best. white trash. I, I would have voted for him. I hundred percent would have voted for him. That is for, insane. If he ran for, what am I going to do? Vote Democrat. I, the only other, <laughs> the only other option I have in this state is Congressman body slam. And I can't vote for him on principle. Oh, Joe. I hope he survives the coronavirus, right? Yeah. What a weird week. Uh, das Pooch. How is California so far behind my state of Michigan? Given the street feces and homelessness, I smell some China-style shenanigans here. The other thing, we didn't even have time to talk about, but some data came out showing just how many flights came in from China from like December to February. Mm. A huge bulk of those going to California. It's something like 700 or 800,000. Hundreds of thousands of flights from China going to California. Um. Chinatown in San Francisco. 
And I'm supposed to believe that uh, a stay-at-home order in mid-March is the definitive reason that the Bay Area doesn't have a massive infection or at least a massive fatality problem? I, I just don't buy that. Yeah. Yeah. JVL90, that pneumonia data isn't necessarily accurate. Lower, the, lower in the CDC website, they indicate that the current week's batch of data included data points from previous weeks. Ah, so there, that, that chart we're going to have to circle back to this in a few weeks or a few months' time and evaluate. And that, Good thing that's, we heavily qualified that. I, I'm a little skeptical, but I also don't, I don't think it's implausible that there's some truth to that. Yeah. I, 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 anecdotally, we know that people are doing everything they can to really reach to diagnose coronavirus deaths. It would make sense that something that is pretty related um, in terms of symptoms would get categorized that way. Yeah. A catastrophe. My sister-in-law's 106-year-old grandma has known wow. she would die from other issues for months. She died yesterday. I'm making sure she isn't counted as a COVID death. They wanted to deny last rites because the virus, but luckily she got them. Oh my gosh. I've heard of people having to live stream their funerals too, not by voluntary choice, but by state order. Can you remember, I mean, can you imagine can, living to 106, like seeing all, all of that? It's a hell of a run. And, you know, several wars, the Great Depression. Wait, is my math on that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 1914, born around there. Yeah. Um, Young person then, during World War One. Yeah. And then that. knowing you're going to die and then having to deal with all this horse shit at the end of your life. It's like you earned whatever death you want to have, old lady. Hell of a run and uh, and all the best to your family. Yeah, man. Uh, Liana Strafir, big donation. Sorry that I haven't been able to catch you live for a bit. It's cool. Heading to work right now, but wanted to share my support with you two first. Have a great day, and I hope you and your family are doing well. P.S. Blonde, I love your braid. Yeah, opposite side, because I want to mess with all of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. I am not going to be niggardly. <laughs> Mufisto. Can't wait to see what kind of inflation the USD and the AUD will get. Don't panic, though. It always bounces back. I think we'll get it worse in Australia, though. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, we'll see. I am not looking forward to really the rest of 20. The only thing I'm looking forward to is the reelection of Trump, which I'm convinced is going to happen. I am looking forward to that show. But yeah. other than that, the rest of 2020, I'm just like, I'm just hoping we survive, man. Yeah, really. Um, let me tell my daughter when you were born, it was such a weird year. Polaris hmm. 589, uh, empty planes are flying. Can I get a free ride? Yeah. Free rides. On uh, yeah. I, I wonder. Hmm. Uh, J Y no note. Thank you. Uh, Matt Smith, Matt, on the guy charged with terrorism for fake spreading COVID. Mm -hmm. What if he had caused people to lose wages or incur medical bills because they genuinely thought they had been exposed and got tested? Uh, are we talking about the guy who just made the Facebook post? Or are we talking about the guy who... The guy walking through the store was a dick, but I don't know if I, terrorism... I do... I, I, I'm on board that what he did was an imminent threat to other people. I, I can get on board with that. If you're talking about yeah. just the guy who said the said um the facebook post i mean i don't know would, would it be criminal for me to post on facebook right now i have aids lol or how about not not even joking just i seriously have aids this post is not a joke it, it, would that would that... only affect people you know all the people that you had promiscuous anal sex with though well that's a big list that's a <laughs> lot of people having to seek medical care you get what i'm saying like i can't grant that just um, a, a post online that is not in immediate proximity to anybody else is a threat. Yeah. But to try to give as, if that's what you mean, to try to give as much credit to that idea as possible, 
I guess, I mean, that person did come into contact with other people, but my question would be, well, what would you do if you were one of those people? I'd reach out to the guy and be like, bro, are you serious? And if he leads you personally, if he misleads you personally and says, yes, I have coronavirus and you probably got it from me. Terrorism though. I don't know about terrorism, but what I need is a more direct connection to you personally and a more imminent connection to you personally to grant that as a, like a prosecutable threat. Though I get what you're saying. Like there, there could be effects, but there could be effects of posting all sorts of false information on the internet generally. And I just, I, I want to err on the side of too much speech, not too little. Yeah. Uh, Laurel, the political incentives for not starting quarantines outweighed incentives to start them. But now that they exist, incentives to report high numbers of deaths outweigh incentives to report low deaths. Probably true. I think, um, Laurel, I hope, uh, I know we're, we're supposed to be on J Fry's stream tomorrow, right? And I think Laurel's going to be there. Oh, cool. I believe, or maybe I have my scheduling wrong, but that's coming up soon. So if people want to hear from, if people want to hear us discuss with Laurel about these topics, in addition to some other, to some other friends of the show, including Jay Fry, it's been a little bit, um, I will post that audio this week or whenever we do that. I got to check my calendar, but that'll be some bonus audio content. Jimmy P, airlines must fly planes regardless. Pilots and technicians need to remain current. Aircraft are on servicing schedules that require them to fly. Mothballing the planes is far more costly long-term. Surely they could cut down. They could drastically reduce. Yeah, and it's and, and that, there could be some truth to that. But the but the other the other side of this coin is the bailout does say as a condition you will fly to the cities you flew to on March first. So whether it's just you know keeping the cobwebs from building in the plane or not, that's not what we're talking about. They're saying you went to this city back then, and even if there's zero demand for you to go there right now, you're going to go there. Yeah. So I, I agree if the airplanes as private entities made that assessment of here's how we keep our airplanes running in tip-top shape, absolutely. There's probably some merit to that. But that's not what's happening in this case. They're being directed to provide a useless service by government forces, wasting our money to finance yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gay Dad's Bear, um, Trump's task force came out today and basically said that this is all nothing broker. Go back and watch. He said Washington returned 400 ventilators. Returned, uh, you say? Yeah. So they don't even need them. But yes, Seattle's going to follow New York. That's what's going to happen. I've also heard that some of the tents outside of major hospitals in Seattle that they were using for additional health care, that they're all unoccupied. And we don't even have time to talk about this, but we mentioned it on Wednesday. Just Google healthcare layoffs across mm-hmm. the country. They're getting laid off just as much as any other industry, because yeah. as we've been talking about all night, people are not going to take the, take those uh, to take advantage of, of normal routine care they otherwise would. And they also don't have the coronavirus demand that some had speculated would be present. So there just isn't work for a lot of healthcare providers in middle America. Okay, yes. That's a crazy reality, but in a so-called medical emergency in huge swaths of this country, we are laying off medical professionals. Uh, John Smith also double donations since super chat never worked on my Android, but now on my new phone, I, but now on my new iPhone, super late submission because of that. But I've got a name for the lesbian cookbook carpet munchies. (laughs) I forgot the context for why we were even discussing that, but carpet munchies is a good one. What, what brought that up? Lesbian cookbook. I mean, I get the cook. It was the Elizabeth Warren thing, but Hmm. But the lesbian angle, I don't remember. I don't know. Thank you for your submission. Appreciate it. Uh, Kenneth O'Neill, people here in the UK are far too keen to see their liberty stripped away, like turkeys voting for Christmas or bats voting for wet markets. Necessary <laughs> measure, <laughs> measures maybe, but require due diligence. 
That's a good um, way to put it. And yeah, I, I'm, I feel the exact same way. And you, you were talking about this with Dave too. It's not even that this stuff is happening because maybe there are times where we have to bend on principles and, and accept and kind of swallow our medicine for practicality. But it's the fact that a huge chunk of the country has not only no skepticism about it, they're, they're eager for it and they're begging for more. And they're turning each other in. Like in, um, oh, we turned into a country of fucking narcs. Are you there people was, serious? There was a news out of Whitefish, Montana this weekend. Small resort town, north northwest part of the state, pretty far away from me. But they're the first locality in the state to ban non-essential hotel stays, whatever that means. Non-essential well, hotels. What are essential hotel stays? I don't know. But if you're just traveling through for non-business purposes, you're banned from getting a hotel in Whitefish, Montana. And the comment section is just full of people saying, should have been done weeks ago. Really? Should it have? How many coronavirus cases are connected to hotels in Whitefish, Montana? Oh, yeah. I bet. Why should it have been done weeks ago? Who died? Because someone stayed at the La Quinta in Whitefish, Montana. What the hell are you talking about? It's, Um, It's just pure hysteria, man. Mike, Bob, fun activity to do with your wife or girlfriend. Get them to take political compass. My mm. wife got literally dead center, a.k.a. Tim Pool fence sitter. <laughs> it's also a good way to screen for red-pilled women, too. I there are t- no red-pilled women. I guarantee that uh, I would guarantee that my fiance is more to the right than I am. I'm sure we're both bottom right quadrant, libertarian right quadrant. But I, I wonder where she is in relationship to me. That'd be interesting yeah. to find out. A fashier, I bet. Probably. Um, Joshy boy, normally I'm respectful towards women, but broads these days shouldn't be in charge of anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I keep referencing the conversations I have with my dad, but every one of these episodes, it's kind of, we both kind of say like, uh, you know, blonde's not that wrong. I hate to, I hate to make that acknowledgement, but uh, she's not, she's not totally off base. We have, we, we have that realization all the time. Yeah. What about all these female sheriffs? Please call nine one one if you aren't sure if some if you heard somebody say a racial slur. <laughs> Police because, chief because of Seattle. Because what are they going to do about it? I mean, that suggests that from a legal perspective, they that something that they said is illegal, right? And that, or, that it's enforceable. That that punitive measures are enforceable. Yeah, or like, or maybe it was a pretext to a crime. I, I don't know. That's but obviously insane. the speech itself is not criminal and it's, it's especially insane to advocate the use of those resources at a time like this. I'm so sad about anyway. Caesar. Do you think that he knows that he's on the chopping block? Probably. I don't, I mean, I've never met Caesar. I should, I should actually go meet him before you send him off. Well, he's just so mean. If he's they just... allow non-essential travel to Idaho, I don't <sighs> know. I have to check. I have to check with my governor and get a permission slip. And the spite pooping too. You hmm. spite poop in my house all the time. Um, Evan Thompson, I work as a business care rep for a big bank in a call center. We've been working unlimited overtime with back-to-back calls until all is cleared, which is usually 30 to four minutes, 40 minutes after we've closed. Okay. Mm. Unlimited overtime. Well, it's good. Some people are getting us to work. Um, Colin, these people are tyrannical activists who lost and want to be in control by screwing up society. And we must fight them in schools who are communists. I mean, I, God, I hate to, I hate to get, I hate to go too far in assigning malice to other people, but on the other side, I've been told throughout this quarantine crap that I have not liked the whole time. Oh, just give it a chance to work. Just give it a chance to work. Okay, fine. I'll bend a little bit and I'll give it a chance to work. The trouble is 
next week's thing that is supposed to be given a chance to work is way more ridiculous than last week's. So it's not even just, hey, here are the terms, here's what you can expect, and here's a general time frame. Yeah. Instead, it's like, nope, stacking on another restriction, yep. stacking on another rule, throw in another, uh, <sighs> throw in another, I don't know, splash of gasoline on this fire, take your metaphor, whatever. But it's not just give it a chance to work. It's, it's give them a blank check to keep stomping on you, to keep treading on you. I'm sorry, I need some limiting principle. I'm not just going to bend over and spread my cheeks and say, whatever you need to do, go to town. Because it seems like that's what we're supposed to do right now. I don't accept that. Shirsi says, so it's clear for everyone my wife's gallbladder needs to be removed, but she can't have surgery because the hospital needs the resources while Planned Parenthood stays the fuck open using resources. That sounds like, a, like an essential surgery. Yeah, and I, I, I would like some, some more definition on that too. Like you were, you were referencing it earlier, but you know, a routine checkup may not seem essential to the extent that it's not an emergency, but what, what if, if that checkup, findings? what if that checkup, yeah, catches um early form of cancer? Well, then it's pretty essential, isn't it? Pretty big yeah. impact for your life. Or what if they find protein in my urine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Uh, during pregnancy. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, all the pregnancy appointments are over the phone now. <sighs> And they just ask you to like self-evaluate basically? Well, I had to go in last week, but I hadn't seen a doctor in six weeks and mm. I'm seven months pregnant. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time, they should be testing my urine twice a week to see if I get preeclampsia. So mm. um, Jason Morton, did I just read this? No. Uh, hey guys, just wanted to say hi and thanks for keeping me laughing during this time. You are welcome. We, we try. Well, I'm not thanks. very funny. But... <laughs> I appreciate the community aspect of this show all the more. I mean, I always do, but I'm glad that we all have something um, to share in this crazy time. And whether we agree or not, uh, I appreciate that we're able to come together and sort of share competing ideas on this. Cause I'm just tired of turning on the news and just having it flash numbers in my face and be afraid, be very I know. afraid. Uh, I'm so scared. No, thank you. I, uh, I don't want to live that way. Mm -mm. Liz Towell, more boomer bucks for you. Stay healthy. Uh, you too, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, you as well. Polaris 589. I've heard normal people advocating for churches to be shut down and pastors, parishioners to be to be arrested. Uh, this Chicom 19 is devastating. Tio, snitches get rewards. This dystopian surveillance state and AI government is really just a bunch of hysterical women on Facebook. Time to destroy the Tower of Babel. Hashtag <laughs> goodbye internet. Hashtag kill switch. It is rise of the planet of the Karens, man. I never expected Civil War II to be the war of care and aggression but, well, yeah. but we're right there man like, ooh, we right have to get there. women to vote so that in 2020 they can put everybody yeah. under medical martial law using and, the internet you know, people, like, people keep saying like oh it's 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 for your own good or it's for the good of society it's for the greater good you do realize that every authoritarian overstep ever has, has been in pursuit of the none of them thought oh i'm 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 here to do damage to people i'm here to harm them no, they always think they're saving people. It's it's these fools who think they can control all of the risks that are inherent to life. And I'm not saying we should be reckless. I'm not saying we should um, we should go out of our way to harm other people. But the reality is, uh, this is a this is a world full of danger, full of risks, and we are all mortals. So you can yeah. live this life to the fullest, or we can cower in fear, huddled up in a padded cell, and we have a guaranteed uh, you know maximum length of life that's not worth living. Like I hear people talk about this and I just want to be like, it, it has occurred to you that you're going to die. Someday. Yes. 
Yeah. Like something will kill you. And as the C.S. Lewis quote on, on uh, the nukes that's been circulating lately is many of us are going to die in horrific ways, mm-hmm. absolutely hideous ways. But are you going to live today trying to prevent any perceivable risk? I mean, at what point is it not a life worth living anymore? Yep. Scott Griffin, um, MMP shield, nine millimeter order. My first handgun. What are your thoughts? I don't have, I don't know if I've ever even shot one to be honest, but I do have uh, a Smith and Wesson carry piece that I am fond of. And it is never, ever, it's one of the the firearms I have that I I don't know if it's ever had, had a malfunction to be honest. So, um, so I don't, you know, there's a reason millions of people are choosing the same thing you are. So you're probably in good hands and Smith and Wesson's a good American company. I like them. Uh, Richard Enormous, have some extra bling, buy bullets. Um, that's good advice. Thank you. Chris Ames, starting to wonder if this is being used as a ruse for a power grab of liberties. They shut down CNC requests, uh, concealing carry requests. Yeah. Here in Minnesota, MN, mm. is that right? Yeah. Yeah. To supposedly protect LE. Law enforcement. There it is. <laughs> Just a feeling tyranny is working in the shadows. It, yeah. I'm definitely starting to feel like this. And in the beginning, I think that we were both more open to self-quarantine. But at some point, you're just like, hmm. Well, if I could be shown that state actors recognize how intrusive and borderline unconstitutional or actually unconstitutional this is, and if they themselves were very reluctant to introduce this and maintain it, but instead, they're very enthusiastic to keep expanding every day. I don't trust them to uphold my rights. I don't trust them to uphold the oath they swore to the constitution. They just want to, they want to control us in new and creative ways every single day. And the more we lay down for them, the more they tack on at some point, we will have to stand up <laughs> defensively, and break the defensively, law. Susan. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, Chicago conservative over a year since I've seen live, miss you guys. We missed you too. I remember you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Welcome Thank you. Man. It's good to hear from you. And uh, yeah, send me an email or something. Let me know how it's going. Timmy J, any thoughts on hashtag film your hospital videos? Uh, is this I am not on Twitter, so I don't know what's going on. Anymore. I've seen people. Yeah. Going to hospitals and filming that they're basically calm and not much going on. I will say the only point of annoyance I've had with that is a lot of people are just going outside and they're just like filming the hospital from the outside. That's not super helpful. Yeah, I, I, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, I got to see inside to be as fair as possible. And I don't know what you can show because they're not just gonna let you walk into like an ICU. Yeah. So I actually don't find them that helpful. But here's the other side of it: How many of these stupid like dancing videos have you seen going around? Like, oh, the medical team at X, uh, such and such hospital is doing viral dancing videos to keep people cheered up during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. That's a thing. You've seen it on the news. And you wonder, is it really that urgent if you guys have time for viral dance videos? That's weird that you have time to choreograph and practice, but okay. Everyone should quit Twitter. Quit. I disagree. Twitter, Twitter. Is, Twitter's fun. Uh, so I know my mom is watching because she was just texting me, but the other day she was like, your dad is on angry, angry Twitter, t- angry <laughs> tweeting all the time. And then this morning I woke up and I've got a bunch of angry tweets she sent me at like 6.30 in the morning. Sent to you, you still get notifications if like someone... No, she just, she. we have this family group chat that is the bane oh, of see. my existence. And between like the, the hours of 6.30 and 8, 
she'll send me like 20 things that she's pissed off about on Twitter. People have got to <laughs> stop Twitter. I think it's really bad for your mental health. You have to be able to walk away. And I admit that once I get sucked no into one can like, do that. I know, no I know can. when you're like in a back and forth with someone, you really think that it's like, you know, it's a good one. So you're just like refreshing the, the, the mentions looking for that response to go at like I, you get you get stuck in that for sure and then yeah. before you know you spent all day doing it just I know. like been wrapped up being angry i i'm yeah. just getting banned was so great uh becky winters blonde how are you feeling how's the baby doing when's your due date um i feel great people talk about the second trimester being this like golden time of pregnancy for me it's been the third trimester like i feel basically like i'm not pregnant except i have a bunch of weird rashes all over my body um the baby's doing really well. She's uh, in the 54th percentile for size. Um, and I am due on June 27th. Kicking me a lot. Uh, Stellar J. Yeah. Atkins. They won't let me say what I want to. Suffice to say, I do not consent. I will not comply. Consent of the governed is a prerequisite. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I, yeah. I, uh, like we were saying, if it's not on principle, the longer they hold on to these things, the more it's going to become necessity. You can't just lock people in their homes and ban work, ban their livelihoods, yeah. and expect them to lay down. That's just not going to happen. People have families to feed. They're going to feed them. Austin Trammell, now that I don't work, this is the first show I can actually tune into. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. <laughs> well, I hope that's by choice and not by circumstance. Uh, yeah. All the best to you, regardless of what's going on there. And uh, I hope... I, I hope that it's not worst case scenario. Uh, Furious Dan, jobs are on hold, but infrastructure remains. So there's hope for an economic rebound. Kindness between business partners may get us through this, but for how long? Mm. People need to work. That's another thing. How yeah. about, what about what purposeless does to your mental health? Yeah. And your physical health for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about it and I'm so thankful to be in a situation where, you know, YouTube work translates well to this situation hopefully although you know we're not immune to economic turndown either but the one thing i fear so much in the future is not being able to provide for my family as a man yeah and i don't even have the kids yet but i think about that every day right now i got to make sure that i'm not in that position two or three years from now mm -hmm. you know and so for all the dads out there who are not put in this position because of your screw up it's not like you screwed up at work and so you got axed and now you can't provide for your family. Someone just banned you from it. Someone has banned your ability to provide for your family and you're supposed to just lay down for that is okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating that is. And so I, I man, I just, if you're, if you're one of those guys in that situation, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, all, all the best for your family and, and all the best really for you. And, discounting the american ability to resist uh are they i mean like we say a lot of people are just saying yes please may i have another yeah but we're still in this phase where it's kind of new how much are longer are people going to go like if we get to a I mean, situation the, where people can't feed their families and shit like the advisory from the white house is till the end of the month eric garcetti in la just came out and joined virginia and saying we're locking down till june that, that ain't happening man it's just not nope. good luck. Good luck with that, but it's not happening. Bridge burner 77. I hope you guys are doing well tonight and handling the madness as well as possible. Also at the risk of sounding like a simp blonde, you look like a stunning Nordic beauty tonight with that braid. Thank you. I'm trying to distract from the 26 pounds I've gained. Although you don't get snow ape credit. I do. You, 
What are you? Are you Nordic? I thought you were like like six percent mostly, oh, okay. mostly English. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Cooper. This pandemic has really shown a light on how undereducated our population really is. Having an understanding of human biology and immunology gives a person the tools to cut through the BS from the media. Um, yeah, hmm. that's true. I mean, on the I other don't know hand, everybody's. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about it either. Yeah. Um, but but when you just look at the raw data, you can see that something doesn't really add up. And the behavior of the virus in different countries has yeah. been very suspicious. You know, only I, 1% of the Princess cruise ship died, and it was filled with old people. I didn't know. I mean, all uh, I know is that the Constitutional Convention didn't sit around saying that this is all null and void if there's ever a virus. Yeah. I think that the philosophy behind it is much more durable and much more meaningful than that. That if we're just going to cancel the whole thing every time that the government says things are urgent... It doesn't really mean that much anymore. Uh, I bought PN. Insert hilarious comment here. Thanks for the Sandy Safe Space. This contribution is certified cootie free. That's good because if we <laughs> felt like if it had contact with any coronavirus patients, yeah, we would have put it on quarantine. That was um. I heard Dave Cullen talking about that too. They're gonna like. What are the chances there's a move to ban cash? Cash will be banned. Too dangerous. You can't have it and you can't have reusable bags or plastic bags. Two days later. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jim Keats, living in the People's Republic of Massachusetts, I think that going to work on May 1st, a.k.a. May Day, will create confusion for my Politburo overlords, or mm. I mean public servants. <laughs> well, good luck. God, are they, they're on lockdown until May 1st, huh? Yikes. Month of this. Colin says, Blonde is a hidden communist. Hope you guys stay safe and fight the good fight. I'm not a hidden communist. I'm a hidden authoritarian. And I still think this is massive government overreach. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. If Blonde's I'm like, a okay. I'm pregnant, hypochondriac, authoritarian. And I'm like, no. <laughs> too fashy, too far. <laughs> I know, I mean, right? Let's be reasonable. Uh, son of the wolf. Yeah. Every unemployment claim I filed has been disqualified and Washington State won't tell me why. There's Ugh. no one to call because the work source offices aren't essential. Apparently, what about <sighs> great? I'm glad. Oh. I'm glad government has swooped in to solve the problem it created for you. God, that's the kind of stuff I just hate to hear, man. And um, and thank you for supporting our show. Uh, take care of yourself and and put that first and foremost. Uh, man, I, I, God, dude, I don't. I wish I had better words to say to people in situations like that. It just pisses me off so much that we're going to put people in a in a spot oh, like yeah. that. Totally. Shanique was stunning and brave. Matt and I once made love as we lay spooning. Matt said, man, I love right wing poon. Is that a phrase that we've used on this show? That's really I don't know. I feel like it's a reference to something. I replied, you realize I used to be a dude. Matt smiled. Poon is poon. The whole experience was truly beautiful. Shaniqua. So bad. Jeez. Thank you. Very gross. A big donation from <laughs> Matt Sturgis. Blonde minions load Lizzo and Caesar into the catapult. I'm over Lizzo. I saw her ass one, one too many times, and I was like, no. It's pretty rough. Uh, she glares imperiously at them from her throne. You have failed me and yourselves. May God have mercy upon you than me. And they're launched back into the land of Corona and Taco Bell. <laughs> Thank you. Accurate. I am not going to be niggardly. <laughs> Wicked RCL. The government is promoting social distancing and snitching on each other because we can't band together and fight the government if we're all too busy being suspicious and fighting each other. That's what yeah. forever said to you. Yeah, sure. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, Cameron Alexander, three-hour stream. Roosh had a five-hour stream yesterday. Here's $20 Canadian. He's been on it. Like, wow. on it. Recently, did he pee on or did he not? 
I don't know. Hmm. Seems like a man with a strong bladder. Somebody got their message deleted for $10.22. Wow. Thanks, Susan. Sorry. This is the best thing I've ever read uh, from Wombly Beetle. My boyfriend just turned down a BJ to watch your show. <laughs> Love you guys, though, and still on board to repeal the 19th. Well, that is hey, why not the both? highest praise. Why that not both? Is weird <laughs> and gross. I'll, I'll, uh, can I offer tips while this happens? Ugh. I think we're getting into some weird territory here. Uh, that's one of the. That's listen. We've had many legendary super chats. That is not to diminish anyone Top else's three. contribution. That's uh, I. I yeah. I will remember that super chat for some time. Thank you. And I hope I hope it's true. I hope it's 100 percent true. Yeah, that that makes it amazing. Paul B, I spent four years in El Paso. Thanks to the U.S. Army. Only their Mexican food is more disappointing than the than the hate hoax. Please take my Corona bucks and keep up the great show. We're trying. Well, well, thank you. And thanks for serving the country. Esoterica Unbound. Due to the current emergency, Americans should not gather in any group larger than 10 unless all are wearing Polynesian inspired shirts and projectile dispensers holding <laughs> 20 or more rounds. Okay. <laughs> I will. I like uh, our friends at, uh, maybe I should wear it next weekend because our friends at Phoenix made a great, um, it's a, it's a competition shooting Jersey, but it's, it's a, it's basically a boogaloo Jersey, you know, moisture wicking fabric, Hawaiian shirt with, with ARs on it. And it's got Phoenix's logo and stuff. So yesterday we went out to do our essential shopping and I was like, you know, normally I'm not a loud dresser. I don't wear bright colors really, but fuck it. I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt out. I don't care. And of course, everyone around us is in masks and other silly getups right. acting like it's the goddamn end of the world. <laughs> Just standing there observing it all in my Hawaiian shirt. And it felt awesome. Uh, um, who was the last person I, oh, okay. Uh, X 15 Rogers D remember to the audience, um, that now is a great time to buy cheap flights in August with your Corona bucks. Do you think Corona yeah. will hurt Trump's reelection odds? No step on snake. Um, no, I think if this is going to bolster because everybody's forgotten about the election now. Although that might I, be good uh, for Biden because he clearly campaign can't campaign. I think, um, I mean, the economic downturn is real and it's bad for any incumbent, no doubt. But I just don't think that a lot of people are going to look at this and think Trump's fault. I, I really don't because we know what Trump's economy was before this all happened. And it was great. I don't think a lot of people are going to look out there and say it was Trump's mismanagement. I mean, we know that polling suggests that people actually mostly, uh, maybe not mostly, or at least in a large number, approve of the job Trump is doing on coronavirus, yeah. which sort of surprises me because he's really resisted taking national top-down control, which I appreciate. I'm surprised that most people approve of that, but I don't think there's a huge chunk of independent-minded people who think that the economic turndown is Trump's fault. So I don't yeah. think he's going to be punished in that way. And I don't think they're going to look to Joe Biden and be like, that's a dude with a coherent plan to save us. I, I doubt it. Mopar to you. Uh, you guys should check out Mentor Pilot's YouTube channel. He has some great videos addressing the empty flights and the maintenance required to keep flights grounded or keep hmm. grounded planes flyable. I'm totally literate, I swear. Interesting. Um, a Denigan, what are your thoughts on the Secretary of the Navy relieving the command of the USS Theodore Roosevelt's captain? I only read headlines on this. Um, I can't even opine. Uh, oh, uh, the, the Navy. The, yeah, the Navy guy leaked some 
some of his personal takes on what coronavirus or, or something like, I didn't follow this story that closely. My understanding is he emailed uh, like his personal opinion on pressing matters out to the press or out to the public, as opposed to uh, putting those things to the proper chain of command and keeping them internal. So I just don't know enough to say, you know, to offer an, a qualified opinion on it, unfortunately. Um, Jacob, remember the 19th exists in the first place because a Tennessee state representative, Harry Byrne, got a guilt trip letter from his mommy and changed his vote. I did not know that. If that's, I'll have to check that out. Pieces of U.S. history. Two ways says, sorry, guys, I've got to go. My girlfriend has made a better offer. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's the same one or a different one. That's not the Maybe. same person, is it? Did she up know. her offer? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> thank uh, you for mad matt 316 keep the quality weekly entertainment coming this is the capstone to my week every week that is high oh, praise well, i appreciate you. it i appreciate it euro burns marsh i don't know why people don't give government the benefit of the doubt signed <laughs> the project director of mk ultra <laughs> yeah they're trying man they are kelwin 58 uh no note jason bolt blonde you coined the term right wing poon that sounds like something I would say. I Probably. Know. Yeah, I can't even remember the original source of the original context. But that does sound like something you would say. Uh, Rainier Chen, wife of my sis, asked me to quiz her on statistics. I asked if 80% of, effective is, of effect is achieved through 20% of the work. How much work will require for 50% of the effect? She answered 13% and fainted. I get that one, <laughs> Mr. Chen. All right. Let me reload. Made we have past one Susan. more. Aurora Wright, please shout out to my mom, Nona, bridging the gap between West Tennessee and California. As mom <laughs> and daughter watching the show, we love you too. By the way, I lived in Encinitas, California, so sad to see it treated this way. This Thank was you. the same uh, mom-daughter combo we heard from earlier, right? And I or think was it was different? the first Super Chat and the last Super Chat. That's cool. We do have a couple more mentions uh, over on DLive. Let's see. Um... Let's, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So ETC says, much love, my two essential YouTubers. Well, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for keeping us operational. Ultra Snake says, sounds like they are Christophobes. Yeah. Uh, the people, yeah, the people ripping on Mike Lindell and others and, uh, and uh, Samaritan's Purse in New York for sure. Win 1895 says, by this standard, Ilhan Omar can't wear her hat. Oh, for the separation of church and state thing, I think, right? Uh, Ultra Snake says, become ungovernable. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that it's, I don't think that just demanding that your rights be respected and upheld is being ungovernable. I think that's perfectly legitimate. But uh, I digress. Win1895 again says, Kevin must have been on Zoom for the last few weeks, potentially. ETC says, Jeff Lowe said there will be another episode of Tiger King. Well, that's, that's cool. I will definitely Ow. tune in. Might be an update. I don't know. Uh, also says, but uh, source is Cameo, and he is a con man, so who knows? Yeah, well, there you go. You mentioned on Cameo, I guess, and he says, oh, my God, please let me join that Ping Fam group chat. Oh, he wants in on your the, the text chat with, you your, don't. with your parents. I swear to God you don't. <laughs> uh, over on Streamlabs, Candy Mac says, my ex is a respiratory therapist in New Orleans, and they're running around 56 ventilators, normally probably 20. He did say most are morbidly obese, diabetic, and hypertension. I got offered a contract for $5,100 a week to go to New York. Wow. But I am not sure um, I want to save New Yorkers. I'm just kidding. Well, uh, well again, thank you. Sorry, what? You, what uh, did you get big news or something? 
Oh, I they, my brother sent pictures of the baby. Picture, picture of the baby. Congrats to him and congrats to your family. Oh, and she's so cute. Look at her little face. <laughs> Candy Mac, thank you, of course, for doing what you're doing. And whatever you choose to do, thanks for helping out people who need it. Um, and to all of you, all, all of your fellow medical professionals. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we have one more. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. I'm going to go into labor on this show. I know it. <laughs> that would be appropriate. And uh, I'll say, Fez wait, Leray. you can't go. We have a few more. Super I know. Chats. Gonna, screw you. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. This is Fez Leray. Uh, I got the Corona, but it's really not that bad. I got it in a cold bottle, and it's really good with a slice of lime. I enjoy watching your show. You guys rock. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thankfully, the Corona supply will uh, will be maintained. My dad said, I'll be damned if I can't have a Corona at your wedding. It'll be very appropriate. I hope he does get that. All right. Uh, that'll be a show. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Very much appreciated. And of course, thanks to our guest, Dave Cullen, tonight. Again, computingforever.com if you want to check out Dave Cullen's stuff. Honestly, as soon as I saw his thorough video on some of the statistics here, that was, that was one of those the rare the videos popcorn. that really inspires you to look into it, really prompts your curiosity. Yep. Um, and thank you guys for, uh, if you're listening later on demand in your quarantine, thank you uh, for tuning in and sharing the show with us as well. If you are looking for ever more listening material, you can find more of that on the audio platforms, uh, linked in the description and on the website. Uh, we got the call in show from Wednesday. We got extra material up there, plenty more to listen to. You can email, uh, email us as well. That's beauty the beta at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, other than that, we will be back next Sunday, assuming nine 11 Pearl Harbor hasn't claimed us because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me, the press it's beauty and the beta. Have a good week. Bye.